insurrection, obstruction, indictments, civilly liable for sexual abuse. The one man responsible for all that could be sitting in a prison cell on election day and still be elected commander-in-chief for these United States. That man is beholden to Putin, weakened NATO the last time around, and is currently tying himself to wealthy Saudi oil money. He enriched himself when government stated his property. He campaigned on wanting to use government to go after his political rivals and wants to expand executive power. If Donald Trump is re-elected, our nation is lost. So let's roll up our sleeves, get to work, and tell the MAGA folks no more before it's too late. To join the conversation, it's area code 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. Uh, you can also join us uh, in the uh, chat room over at liberaldanradio.com. That will uh, bring you to the YouTube chat as well as just go into youtube.com slash liberaldanradio. Um, I'm just having to adjust some of my video setting stuff here as my oldest son seems to have messed with some of my settings. So that's why you're not seeing me at the moment. Uh, if you're listening after the live broadcast, you could always leave your uh, comments, questions, concerns, etc. over on the show thread at liberaldan.com at facebook.com slash Dan Radio, and of course here at LiberalDanRadio.com as well on the episode thread. We got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. Uh, we have uh, a continuing saga of the Texas abortion case um, where uh, Katie Cox or Kate Cox is continuing uh, her uh, fight against the Texas discrimination. Uh, when it comes to abortion um, and her rights to have an abortion, we have the uh, also the continued uh, Donald Trump legal debacle, you know, where Donald Trump, you know, is trying to as hard as he can to fight going to prison before the uh, before his election. Uh, and or his attempt at being elected, so to speak. So there we go. There's my, you know, face. <laughs> Whether or not you like it or not, that's a whole other thing. Um, so sorry about that. I was a little rushed getting to the show today. I had to go run out and buy something real quick before getting back home, and I, I made it just in time, but here we go. Um Wes is like, I'm here, but not long for the world. I hope that means you're just tired and that you're probably going to go to bed soon. 
Um, so uh, hopefully that's all you mean, Wes, because we love you, Wes. The volume is low. That's interesting because we should, I should be going on. It seems like I'm normal. Let's see. Let's, let's see about the settings on the uh, sound settings and see how uh, the uh, input is. Uh, the input, all right, we can jack that up to 100 right here and see how that is. Uh, desktop microphone. It does look like it's coming in a bit low. I don't know. Maybe. Hold on. Let's see. Did he mess with this too? I don't know. I don't know if that's a balanced thing or not. I'm not sure. Is that better or worse? I'm not sure. Much better? Okay. I'm not sure if I just changed it to be worse or better. I don't know. Oh, now it's going back down. I don't. That's weird. I don't know if there's something wrong with my mouse or not now, but we're, we'll, we'll keep it open just to see if we can fuss with it. Um, anywho, I also changed the settings on OBS, and hopefully that'll help as well. So... Uh, that's the problem when uh, when your kids use your office to uh, that you're used to use your podcast for, and when your kids use use it for gaming, and also your your oldest son who has taken to using your your big monitor to to start gaming on as well. Um, I'm gonna have to get his monitor set up so he doesn't have to use my monitor anymore. Anyhow, ooh, I'm thirsty. So. Um, so earlier today, I was at like 106 watch hours left to become partner. For some reason, later on in the day, I'm at 122 watch hours, but still we're very close to becoming partner. I am going to try and figure out how to do some sort of show on the road because on Wednesday, again, just to remind everybody on Wednesday, uh, we will be, uh, driving uh, to Disney World again for a short trip. We'll be there from Thursday through Thursday and Friday and Saturday, and we're driving back Sunday. So there will be a show again on Monday, a regular show. Um, But because we're so close to getting to the 3,000 hours and I'm so close to becoming partner, I really don't want to be in a situation where I'm missing out on 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 view hours on show hours on getting to the point where i don't i don't want to like i, I want we're, we're getting there we're getting so close to getting a partner uh, so we can get memberships we can do super chats all that good fun stuff so uh, i'm going to try and figure out how the best way to get a, a a show get the show on the road uh to use to use i, I guess a term anywho i was a little tired so i'm drinking uh a drink that I talk about on Nerdy Dan. Speaking of Nerdy Dan, because I'll be in Disney this week, Nerdy Dan is also going to be streaming on Tuesday again. Um, and Tuesday may very well be the regular day for NerdyDan.com uh, for this point into the future, uh, because I may very well be doing some gaming things on Thursday in person with other people. So... Um, <clears throat> Yes, Jeff. Trump's still on the dictator thing around. 
I think he's doing it just to see how it goes. The one day will grow like any of his BS. And that, that's exactly my point that I've been I was, – if I haven't been busy working, I would have called into my conservative radio show that I call into a bunch of times and that's local. And I would have been like, why should we believe? Like Donald Trump said that he only wants to be dictator on day one. But somebody who wants to be dictator on day one, on any day, why would we believe that he would stop on day one? I mean, first of all, you know, the, the joke is, how do you tell when a politician is lying, his lips are moving? But the other thing is that anybody who desires to be a dictator for any amount of time period, why would we believe that they would want to only have that power for one day? And you know, he wants to be dictator on day one because he wants to build the wall and drill baby drill. Like, he's not going to build a wall in one day. You know, the old saying, Rome wasn't built in a day, right? Well, the wall wasn't built in a day. The Rome was never, the wall was never completely built, period. Uh, so he, you can't build a wall in a day and you're not going to complete drilling projects in a day. So he's going to want to be a dictator. Uh, emphasis on the word dick uh, for much longer than a day and why would we ever believe that he would ever give that power up right so and if you if you look at my just the clip video on this it has actually drawn a lot of attention from some MAGA folks and you have a lot of people on there cheering, like, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> that's a great idea to, to have Donald Trump become a dictator. And these people, I mean, this is why, I mean, I don't know if these people just would follow him like lemmings over the cliff. I mean, probably. Or if they just don't care about what system of government we have as long as Donald Trump is in charge. Or if they really believe that they would just give him this power, unlimited power, uh, like the Emperor uh, in Star Wars, if they would just give him unlimited power to do whatever he wants to do, and with the idea that, oh, he'll give it back at some point. He just needs this power now so he can get things done. And then one day he'll just give it back because he's such a good guy. I'm, I'm sure that's what they believe. I'm sure plenty of them believe that because, you know... That's why Donald Trump, after he won the 2016 Nevada primary, said that he loves the poorly educated. Because only somebody who is poorly educated, only somebody who has no idea about history, only somebody who has no idea about how power works and how power corrupts and how absolute power corrupts absolutely would think that anybody who desires to be a dictator would ever be like, okay, I'm done with my dictatorial powers now. Um, we're going to go back to our representative republic, to our representative democracy now. I'm going to cede back the power to the people because that's just the kind of nice guy I am. If you believe Donald Trump is that type of person, I have a bridge in Brooklyn I'd like to sell you, to use that old cliche term. So, yeah, all those people uh, posting on, the, on my video about, you know, Someone brought up, like, something about, like, they started off the comment about Russia and the, the, quote, Russia hoax. And I'm like, I didn't even bother reading the rest of the comments. I'm like, what does this have to do with anything? 
Like, this is just the canned response that they always give. Yet, they'll always make the same thing that, oh, liberals are brain dead. (laughs) But liberals are brain dead, but they always give us the same response over and over and over and over. It's like the same thing whenever I talk about, like, the voter ID laws and the so-called voter ID laws. And when I say I don't have a problem with the requirements of showing an ID to vote, the problem I have with these so-called voter ID laws is the other things in the law that have nothing to do with showing an ID to vote. Those other portions of the law are problematic. And every single time you'll have a conservative come in and be like, what's wrong with showing an ID to vote? And even, even when I say in that post or whatever, I'll be like, now I know that despite the fact that I said that I don't have a problem with showing an ID and I I, I know I, I said that, and my problem is with these not other provisions that have nothing to do with showing an ID to vote. And I, I know somebody, some moron is going to come into this, to this comment section and say, what's wrong with showing an ID to vote? Because they didn't actually read what I said. And even though I say that, they'll still do it. There was one time I actually said that, and... The person who I predicted would do it did it. And I was, I, I died laughing. Anyway, so again, this is why Donald Trump said after the 2016 Nevada primaries that he loves the poorly educated because this is how he gets power. He, he loves the poorly educated for two reasons. A, the ones that vote for him will just line up like lemmings. And then the other ones, the ones on the extreme left, are going to be like, well, I'm not voting for the lesser of two evils because voting for evils is just better. Well, they're just two sides of the same coin. Biden and Trump are the same thing anyway, so I'm not voting for either of them. <laughs> like, y'all are just as dumb. Anyway, so it is that it is. Sorry, I stole Donald's line. My bad. It is what it is. Thank you, Donald. So. Shouts out to so far. We got in the chat, Jeff, Aaron. Uh, I think I saw Jolie. Hey, Jolie. Uh, Steve from across the pond. Elizabeth, who's been diligently wishing me happy Hanukkah every day. Thank you, Elizabeth. Uh, Wes, uh, Big Hook, uh, Romper Stomper, Freaking Do. I see you and you and you. Robert Reynolds, another patron. Thank you for joining. Shouts out to all the patrons. Alarasia. Uh, we got 13 viewers and nine likes. Make sure to uh, make sure to smash that like button. Um, Elizabeth, uh, bestie of 50 years is awaiting a heart transplant. They had to resuscitate her today. I'm on her support team. Well, shouts out to your friend. Hopefully your friend pulls through. Um, Hopefully, uh, we, we are sending all thoughts and love to your friend. So, because all white supremacist male Christian nationalists will vote for him because they hate all immigrants. And I would argue that the vast majority of the white supremacist male Christian nationalists will fall all, mostly fall under that umbrella of the poorly educated. So... Because usually the people that hate people based off of their, you know, nationality or race or skin color or whatever, that stems from ignorance. Usually education is what causes people 
to not be ignorant. Unfortunately, sometimes we're seeing that not being the case. And and one of the cases where education is is not necessarily causing uh, people to lose intolerance or bigotry is the case for the individual at Harvard who was being interviewed or grill, grilled, quote, by Elise Stefanik on Capitol Hill. And I, the reason I, I hate, I dislike this person from Harvard for two reasons. First reason is because uh, she made a comment about the way she answered Elise Stefanik, a question about whether or not calling for the genocide of Jewish people was, was, was bad always. And, and the comment that was made by the person at Harvard was it depends on the context. I'm like, what? It depends on the context. There is no context in which calling for people's genocide is okay. I don't care if it's Palestinian people. Like there are people who called for the for the flattening or the carpet bombing of Gaza to just eliminate the area of Palestinians, that's wrong. There are people who use from the river to the sea to call for the genocide of Jewish people, that's wrong. So I don't care what the context is. You're calling for the genocide of Jewish people, that's wrong. You're calling for the genocide of anybody, that's wrong. So if you're going to say, it depends on the context. No, go F yourself. And the, the other reason why I dislike this person from Harvard is because you're making me agree with Elise Stefanik. I don't want to ever have to say that I have to agree with Elise Stefanik. That's a very bad situation to put me in because I don't want to have to do that. The only part of the, the the Saturday Night Live skit that was that was kind of showing this thing, and I don't necessarily think that you know the, the the skit was that bad in and of itself. I mean, I understand why some of my fellow Jewish people have a problem with it, but the the main point that I kind of felt like it was really hitting home with me is the person who was playing the part of Elise Stefanik, who was supposed to be Cecily Strong. But when Cecily Strong, during the readings, was reading it, she was like, nope, I'm not doing this. I'm, I'm not touching this one with a 10-foot pole. And again, I don't necessarily blame her because it was it's a 50-50 one there. I mean, I can see why people have problems with it. Uh, but the line that the actress playing Elise Stefanik was saying was like, wait, am I winning this one? How am I winning this one? Like, yeah, how, how, how is a person who is picked to be a, a, an administrator at Harvard, Harvard, how are you saying such a stupid thing that makes me have to agree with Elise frickin' Stefanik? Don't make me agree with Elise frickin' Stefanik. Stop it. No, that's not okay. And it's also not okay for you to justify any sort of context that makes it okay to say ethnic cleansing is fine, because it's not. 
maybe this should be a fat man rant too. I don't know. Maybe when I cut this up, I'll I'll put it under the guise of a fat man rant. Fat liberal Dan presents fat man rants. Don't make me agree with Representative Stefanik because. Ugh. Anyway, hey Mad Mac, what's going on? Absolutely, Slava Ukraini. Again, that's one of the one of the one of the one things that absolutely like the Vladimir Putin has to be loving this whole thing with the Middle East, has to be loving everything that's going on, all the attention being paid to, to everything that Netanyahu is doing, everything that Hamas is doing, all of the attention being paid to what's going on in Israel and Gaza and between Hamas and the Israelis, the Israeli government, is that all the attention is, being, is distracting from Ukraine. And Putin's like, okay, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to uh, take my time and I'm going to launch lots of missiles towards 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 Ukraine now. I I, I take advantage of the situation very much so. Yes. So, yeah. Hold on, call. I'll get to you in a second. Um, I think that's Khalil. Um, but one of the, one of the things. One of the things I was sitting there with my wife today, and, and they were showing the Donald Trump Donald Donalding down doubling down on the whole i want to be a dictator because i just i want to be on the lawn i want to drill baby drill and the first thing i thought of was melania going no donald's not good at drilling he's not good now secret service agent yeah he could driller but not not donald donald's not good driller at all anyway so i think this is khalil what's going on man how's how are you today how was your weekend pretty good how you doing I'm doing well, thank you so much. What's what's up? Nothing much. I'm getting ready to go to the Capitol if I can on um, J- January 11, 2024, and right. I'm taking taking a bus there, and um, I'm going to read a poem, and I'm going to su- make my suggestion about the gun cigar rail thing. This is about gun violence, right? And um, yeah, and there's going to be a lot of people. There's going to be a lot of people there, and um, I'm hoping that it'll reach people. I hope so too, and I hope your I hope your poem is is well uh, well established. And are you going to go with anybody? Is anybody going with you, or I'm going with this group called Monster Man Action. Okay. Um, are you going to have somebody record what you, when you're up there when you're reading the poem? I either record myself or have someone record. Definitely cool. Because you know, if do you have if you have a YouTube channel, make sure to send me the upload the video and make sure to send me the link. Or if or if you don't have a YouTube channel, just send me the video to liberaldanradio@gmail.com, and I'll be happy to upload it for you and share it for you. That that would be cool too. I definitely want to see it. Um, yeah. But yeah, either way, we'll, we'll definitely share. We'll definitely share whatever content you make and, and put it up there and let everybody see it. So. Um, yeah. I'll get my friend Louie to help me because I don't know how to do it with the. Um, I know how to film, but I don't know how to put things up on the internet or TV. That's cool. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, if if yeah, have have your friend do it. Um, it's really easy to create a create a create a. You, as long as you have a Gmail account, you can create a Google account, so that should be no problem. But um, and if you shoot me an email, I'd, I'd I'd help you step by step too if you want. You know, I'd be no no problem helping you out with that too. Um, just might, yeah, maybe Richmond, not just. Sorry about that. No, no, go ahead. Richmond's a, Richmond's a white collar city, and it's also a government city like DC. So uh-huh. it's going to be like. Um, I'm guessing that because it's the state capital, 
and because it's going to be a lot of people, they're going to have not only local police but state and federal there too. Yeah, I think we th- I think we touched a little bit on that last week. Yeah, there'll definitely be uh, a last time. I think there will there'll probably definitely be state police there. I'm not sure if there'll be visible federal police, but they're depending on what what impending threats they think might be. Uh, they'll 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 determine whether or not uh, the feds might be there or not, especially if the topic's gun control. Um, yeah, it's about gun control. Yeah, so so well, you'll you you probably won't see the feds there, but there'll probably be feds there. <laughs> yeah, because cause you know, like with me, it's like people who dress in suits. They're usually like it's usually calming, but it's also it it conceals their weapons. Uh huh. So I like you know I like to see police officers in suits once in a while because it's like it's not as overstimulating and plus it you know if if they don't know it's like an element of surprise to protect everybody. Yes, Elizabeth. I think yes, it is Richmond, Virginia. I believe yes, Virginia, Richmond, Virginia, Khalil. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a month away. So, are you excited? Yeah, I am. I'm hoping that uh, everything goes well there. Very cool. I hope so too. I, I hope. I hope. I hope. I hope your poem was well received, and I hope your. Uh, I hope your idea for the guns to guardrails is, is well received as well, because I think that's a that's that's a great. Not only is it a good idea for like you know turning like the metal from that or into. You know, even if it's a symbolic thing, like even even if like it's like I don't know if you I don't know how much metal you'd be able to get from one and turn it into an entire guardrail, but even if even if it's a symbolic like, you know, one gun or several guns being melted down and included into the metal being put into a guardrail. Even if it's a symbolically like this guardrail was made in part by uh guns taken off the street to help protect people. Um, symbolically, that's a good thing, and it just—it's—it's catchy. It's, it's a catchy thing, guns to guardrails. So, I, I think you got a good thing going there, and I, I think—I think you got a good idea, and I, and I hope that people—I hope that people not only grab onto it and, and, and it takes off. I hope they—they they bring you with it and, and and give you all the credit for it because that sounds great. Yeah, and I'm hoping that it's someone someone. Um, I'm hoping that I get it to the state if I get it. And then get it to the country, then get it to the, the the planet, because gun violence is not only state but it's federal and international. Well, you know, when when you become famous for your guns to guardrail plan, just remember remember where you remember the little people where you came from. <laughs> I will. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Anywho, is anything else? Uh, also, um, have you ever been on a coach bus for a long time? Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, I once took a Greyhound from New Orleans to Baltimore. That was not fun. They lost my luggage too. So yeah, that, that was once, once and never again. That, that, that was a full day worth of hell. So (laughs) how long is your bus ride? Huh? I was told that I've seen some new pictures and that the seats look like it's upgraded to where it's like, like um, seatbelts and recliners and stuff, bigger seats and stuff. I hope so for your sake. I mean, when I when I did it, it was late nineties, maybe yeah. early, like like it was like probably like ninety nine, maybe early two thousands. Like like it was it was it was kind of early on in my last relationship and. Uh, we didn't trust my ex-girlfriend's car to make that trip, so we went ahead and jumped on a bus instead. 
and we had to switch buses halfway um, and, and they didn't switch the luggage properly. So one of the bags got lost. So we had to then go back downtown and, and go pick up the bags. And they're like, well, uh, the, the bag's a Nike bag. And the person's like, well, we don't have a Nike bag, but we have a check bag on it. And it was the bag with this Nike swoosh. I'm like, yes, that's a Nike bag. Um, so, yeah, um, it was not a fun experience. But how, lo- how long is your trip supposed to be on your, uh, uh, from, 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 from Richmond to where you live? From, from where you live to Richmond, uh, I mean? Not too long. Not too long. So it's going to be one day. We're just going to go there a day and then come back the same day. It's not going to be that long a ride. No, no that's good at least. I in but, a way, I kind of wish it was a longer ride because maybe we could we could like spend the night down there as well and do some more things during uh, like maybe two or three or four days more act, more activities to get people involved. Hmm. Well, maybe maybe next time, maybe next time y'all could organize even a bigger thing. So you never know. Yeah, yeah. Because basically, some people people are coming from all over the state, and some of them are even maybe coming from out of state on buses. That's very cool. I'll I'll definitely have to keep my eye open for for it. You said it's on it's it's on the eleventh, right? On January eleventh. Yep. Oh, at least it's not January (laughs) sixth. Yeah. I'm hoping it's going to be on CNN, and I'm I'm hoping in a way in a way I'm hoping it's not Fox, because uh, they might take what they want to hear out of it, like a lot of these gun control opponents, and they might put a spin on it. They then not only that they go against anything that's that's not conservative and put a liberal name on it, call it progress, you know anything that's progressive that doesn't fit their narrative and call it liberal. It's like right. dumb. Somebody so said take lots. Of, somebody said take lots of Clorox wipes, comfortable layers of clothes, and earplugs. So that was a tip from Elizabeth in the chat, in the YouTube chat. So I will. What's the earplugs for? Just if you wanna, if you, if you wanna like take a rest or whatever. If if you happen to feel like you want to take a that little nap, it might help the noise. Oh, okay. Okay. So, thank you. That's what I'm assuming, at least. And you well, might also you. want to consider masking, you know, just in case, you know, because these close quarters for a longer time. Since yeah, COVID went, co- yeah. So, anywho, well, again, thank you so much, Khalil, again. And uh, I hope, you know, again, we're not going to, if we do a show on Wednesday, it won't be on Blog Talk Radio. It'll probably only be on YouTube. So I won't be, so there won't be any calls available. So, um, so hopefully we'll hear from you again next Monday. Um, and, I uh, hope you have a good rest of your week. Yeah, is it Liberal Dan on YouTube? It's Liberal Dan Radio. Just go to liberaldanradio.com, and that will bring you right to, YouTube, right to the YouTube channel. Thank you. All right, cool. Have, have a, a great time. one, man. You too. you too. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody, that's Khalil, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing I – ho- I hope that event gets coverage, and I hope we get to see Khalil giving reading his poem. And, again, I, I love the idea of the, of the guns and the guardrails. It's It's – you know, it's a it's a nice little play on like the swords to plowshares, but you know you have the you have the guns to guardrails you know idea, and guardrails protect people and probably protect people better than than guns do in 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 a lot of cases, because a lot of times people think that they know what they're doing with guns and they don't know what they're doing with the gun. So hey Tim, what's going on? Good to see you in the chat. Um, hey bicycle Mike, I don't think I saw you jump in. Good to see you there. Um, let's see. 
Steve, Jeff Carr, I just used the voice search super fast, and it's used to my accent now. Uh, <laughs> I love voice to text. Voice to text is hilarious, especially when uh, I would early on. I would try to tell. Uh, uh, I tried to tell somebody on voice to text that I was Ubering, and for some reason, it would always change Ubering to Nuvaring, like you know what people would use for contraception. I'm like, why is it changing Ubering to Nuvaring? Um, and it would, it, there would be lots of interesting changes that it would try and do to make it. I can only imagine what it would try and do uh, to people with accents. Like, I would only imagine, like, what would happen if, like, Sean Connery was trying to use his voice to text and, like, telling somebody, like, I need to sit down and I need to take a shit in this chair right over here. And then, like, what it would say, it would get, try and censor him. Like, no, I'm not saying shit. I'm saying shit. That sort of thing. Uh so, anyway, um, what else? What else is going on? Um, what else do we want to talk about? All right, so let me bring this other thing up. We're going to because we got. We're going to talk about Ked Paxman a bit. Uh, we got 17 viewers, 14 likes. Make sure to smash that like button. Because remember, remember about good old Ken Paxton before anything else. Go to, go to texastribune.org. Ken Paxton. Uh, this is the from September 7, 20, September 17, 2023. The, the title of the article is Ken Paxson Emerges Victorious from Yet Another Career Scandal. So it's not just one career scandal. Ken Paxson has tons of career scandals, apparently. Um, so beset by years of legal, personal, and political problems, Texas scandal resilient attorney general scored his biggest vindication Saturday when the state Senate voted his acquittal in his impeachment trial. Uh, like Trump, he retains a political base that is willing to overlook his personal failings as long as he's a leader in fighting the left. And like Trump, he was impeached by the House but saved by the Senate, where fellow Republicans were uninterested in crossing that influential base. Now Paxton emerges from the trial newly emboldened, a folk hero to the state. Paxton released a statement celebrating his acquittal, saying the truth prevailed. And of course, the truth didn't prevail with Ken Paxton. Partisan politics prevailed, and they protected him in his, you know, the, in what happened. What happened? Um, he is not expected to speak out again until an interview with former Fox News host Tucker Carlson. It is not only a rule, victory for the rule of law and the Constitution, blah, blah, blah. Maddox added that the House made a tremendous miscalculation on how the Senate would vote in impeachment. All they did is make Paxton stronger in the party. Um, if the news facts continue to come out, those who allowed him to keep his office will have much to answer for. For now, Paxton gets the basket in line like unlike ever before. Let's see, people don't trust the allegations against him because people don't trust institutions anymore. Yada, yada, yada. Um... Paxton said, let's see, it was see, launching a campaign months later to replace Greg Abbott. He went to a primary runoff against then state uh, Dan Branch, a more moderate Republican allied with the Bush family. 
boosted by an implicit endorsement by Ted Cruz, a rising star. Paxton won the runoff by two to one. It was during that contest that roots of the Paxton's most legal, persistent legal problem took hold. A few weeks before the runoff, the Texas Security Board reprimanded him and fined him $1,000 for soliciting investment clients without being registered. Paxton paid the fine and sought to move on, but seven months into his first year as Attorney General, a Collin County grand jury indicted him of three felony counts of securities fraud, failing to register as an investment advisor. He was accused of offering to sell people stock in McKinney College Technology Company without disclosing the company was compensating him. He faces up to 99 years in prison. A host of pretrial disputes initiated by both sides has delayed the trial to this day. A date could be finally set. Paxton was also charged by federal prosecutors in this security matter, but he beat the case within months, perhaps his latest decisive win in the personal legal drama. If any of the charges bothered Republicans, they did not show it. By 2020, Paxton had become entangled with Nate Paul, an Austin real estate investor and campaign donor. Business and empire was crumbling. Their increasingly close relationship alarmed Paxton's top deputies, so much so that seven of them reported Paxton to the FBI in the fall. Uh, yada, yada, yada. So, yeah, Paxton is, you know, basically a, a big old piece of garbage. Um, but now comes this case. Now comes, hey, Marie, what's going on? Good to see you. But now comes uh, the Texas Supreme Court. And Kate Cox. So the Texas Supreme Court ruled that Kate Cox did not qualify for an abortion under the medical exception to the state's near-total abortion ban. Just hours prior, Kate Cox's lawyer said she traveled out of state to have the procedure. Uh, the Texas Supreme Court has overturned the court order that would have allowed a Dallas woman to get an abortion. The ruling came down after Kate Cox's lawyers announced she was leaving the state to terminate her non-viable pregnancy. Last Thursday, uh, she filed a lawsuit asking the courts to allow her to terminate the pregnancy. Um, not only did the pregnancy, this, we talked about this on Friday when I had an impromptu show, be, and it, that impromptu show was also a fat man rant because I just was pissed off uh, because, um, you know, Ken Paxson was going to try, was, was threatening to, to bring up on charges any doctor in any hospital who was going to perform the procedure that this judge allowed. And not only is the pregnancy non-viable, but the pregnancy posed a risk to the patient. If Kate Cox were to continue with this pregnancy, she risked the, the, the ability to ever have another pregnancy again. She, might, she, she risked becoming infertile. The so-called pro-life people in this state, in the state of Texas, the so-called people who want, to have, who want people to have babies. They want women to have babies. That's what they want. They want women to have babies. What does Kate Cox want to do? She wants to have a baby. But this pregnancy is not going to result in a baby. This pregnancy is not viable. If the fetus makes it a term because of the trisomy 18, any infant born is not going to last a day or two. So forcing her to continue on with this pregnancy is cruel. Furthermore, that's irrelevant because under the Texas law, 
it, it, the matter is the fact that she faces permanent body bodily harm. The doctor in the case says that she faced impending bodily harm. That every day that this pregnancy moves forward, that she risks permanent bodily harm. But that's not good enough for the Supreme Court of Texas because the Supreme Court of Texas says, nope, this doesn't qualify, despite the fact that she risks being infertile and risks never being able to gestate again. So yes, she had to leave Texas to have the procedure. But not everybody is so privileged. Not everybody has the ability to leave the state of Texas and have the procedure. I mean, I don't know why anybody would want to live in the state of Texas if you want to have kids. Because even if you want to have kids and you, and you face this decision, and nobody wants to believe that they'll ever be in this position, nobody ever wants to believe that they're going to be in this position. They want to believe that every pregnancy that they're going to have is going to be fine. Because you don't want to sit here and just assume that it's not going to be fine. You'd want to assume that your pregnancy is going to be happy and healthy and that you're going to, and that your desired child, that your wanted and planned child is going to be, you know, happy and healthy and you're going to raise your children and you're going to be happy and happy, loving family. But that's not always the case. And as, is, as was the case in the 20 women who are in front of the Supreme Court right now challenging the existing law, because these women were forced to, you know, risk their lives because the, the hospitals would not perform the procedure until they were facing imminent bodily harm, which is morally repugnant. It is morally repugnant to force anybody to face, to have to wait for a medical condition to become septic. To have to then have an abortion. To wait, yet, to wait, to have to wait for a condition to become septic. To then be able to say, okay, the abortion is fine. But then to, to have to then, for, then the, and the argument being made by Paxton, if you didn't watch on Friday, and if you haven't, you know, stayed fully up to date, which I'm sure most of you have, but just to recap, the argument being made by the state of Texas, including Ken Paxton, about these women, these 20 women who are trying to bring this other lawsuit, is that they don't have standing to bring the lawsuit because they're not currently facing a currently life-threatening condition. So because they're not currently facing a life-threatening condition, they're arguing that these women can't even bring this case. So you have to be dying on a gurney to bring a case in order to Paxton, which is another, and Paxton was trying to argue that that's why Kay Cox didn't have standing to bring the case either, because she wasn't dying at this point in time. I wonder if it was, I wonder if they will try and prosecute her when she returns, like they are the young lady who miscarried. I don't know. I mean, the, the young woman who miscarried up in Ohio, they're trying to get her on um, 
like manhandling or 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 whatever defiling a corpse. So at this point, it's defiling a corpse. So, and the medical examiner said that there was no apparent damage to the fetus, to the fetal corpse post delivery. Or I don't know if delivery is the proper term. Uh, I don't know if delivery is the proper term for what happens after you pass the remnants of a miscarriage. But again, it's gross what they're doing in Ohio as well, because they're just punishing women for living. They're punishing women for living. Yes, Big Hook. It's a fat man rant. This has become a de facto another fat man rant. So not not every not everything gets posted as a fat man rant, but it pisses me off. And it pisses me off because the the extremist leftists, like the Young Turks, let me let me start recording this because th- this is going to be another video. What pisses me off is the extremist leftists, like the Young Turks, and the people who are fans of the Young Turks will be like, they're both the same, man. Both the parties are the same, and Biden and Trump are the same, and we can't. No, they're not the same. And what's going on in Texas proves. And what's going on in Ohio proves that they're not the same, that there's such vast differences between the two parties, especially on issues of body autonomy, that you cannot risk allowing the Republican Party to gain any more power because you've seen what they did once Donald Trump was in office. You, y'all, the extremist leftists who refused to vote for Hillary Clinton, You refused to vote for Hillary Clinton in Michigan, in Wisconsin, in Pennsylvania. Y'all refused to vote for her, allowing Donald Trump to get in. She didn't earn my vote. Shut up. The people who deserved your vote were the people who were going to be harmed by the Donald Trump presidency. The Muslims that he threatened to ban from entering the country, which included Muslim citizens who would be affected by the ban. The Muslim, the people who would be affected by a Donald Trump pregnancy, people who would get pregnant who needed to get an abortion when Roe versus Wade would be threatened. Oh, that's not going to go down. That's that's not going to crumble. Bullshit. We all know that that was a threat. Nobody wanted to listen that Donald Trump could name three Supreme Court justices, but guess what he did? He named three Supreme Court justices. You cannot let any. Republic, the Republican Party get any more power in this country. I don't care what you think about Joe Biden. I don't care what you think about Joe Biden. You think Joe Biden is too far to the right? You don't think Joe Biden is a scumbag? I don't care. If he's the only person who has the polling available to beat Donald Trump, and you live in a state that matters, Get the F out there and vote for Joe Biden. And get the F out there and vote for the people who are going to be in Congress and are going to be in the Senate who are going to pass laws. And get out there in your state legislatures and kick these Republicans out. And you have to do so in mass because by being lazy and lackadaisical and not coming out and voting in every single damn election, not realizing that Republicans are horrible in off-year elections too, You've allowed the Republicans to gerrymander themselves into power. 
And in some states, the Democrats have been able to retake some of that power, but you need to do it in more states. Because look, look at what's happening in Texas now. Now you have people who need abortions who have to flee the damn state. Because if they don't, they're going to risk being infertile. Because you have people in charge who don't trust science, who don't trust doctors. These bans are so extreme and so cruel that I have, been, I have conservative callers who call my show who are like, yeah, these bans are too much. They've gone too far. And the only reason that they've been allowed to go this far is because you extreme leftists allowed them to because you would allow Donald Trump to win. And you're going to let him do it again. And you're going to allow him to do it again after he's told you he wants to be a dictator. Dumb are you? How freaking dumb are you? Oh, I can't vote for him. I don't like how he's handling the Israel argument. Do you think Donald Trump would handle the Israel situation any better? Donald Trump would applaud Netanyahu as he carpet-bombed Gaza into non-existence. Donald Trump would, would, would happily see the Palestinians just be decimated by Benjamin Netanyahu. Benjamin Netanyahu is a Donald Trump wannabe. You don't help the Palestinian people by electing Trump. You don't, you don't help this country move leftward by getting Donald Trump in office. Or by sitting around and voting for some third-party candidate who's never going to win. Oh, we're going to teach the Democrats a lesson by... No, you don't teach Democrats a lesson by tearing this country to the ground and harming marginalized and oppressed people. And as a Jewish person, I'm speaking to somebody who's risks being marginalized and oppressed every day because you have people who are in leadership positions at Harvard who think that it's, you know, depends on the context as to whether it's okay or not to say that, whether or not you should uh, ethnically cleanse Jews. Stop it already. This is, it's getting ridiculous. It's getting absolutely ridiculous. The young Tur Turks types is whining and complaining, and then come October when it's clear that the only person who can win is Joe Biden, some of them are going to be like, oh, well, maybe we need to vote for Joe Biden. But at that point, it might be too late. You need to stand up now and say no more. You need to stand up and fight against this Republican tyranny now. You cannot cede an inch of power to these people anymore. Any more power, and it's done. Look, we've seen what they're doing in Texas with the abortion. We've seen what they're doing in Ohio. In Ohio, with, with the woman who is being put up on charges for having a miscarriage. And why does she have a miscarriage in the toilet? Because even though they passed a constitutional amendment, okaying, protecting abortion rights, it wasn't in effect when she was miscarrying, so the hospital couldn't perform a procedure to handle her miscarriage because her pregnancy hadn't miscarried fully yet. There was still a heartbeat going on, so they couldn't do anything, so she had to be sent home. 
and now she's being charged with damaging a fetus or a corpse because she delivered the dead fetus into her toilet. But Republicans and Democrats are the same. No, shut up. They're not. And yeah, I'm getting riled up. And you should be too. You should look at Texas and be riled up. Louisiana has the same law. And if it happens in, when it happens in Louisiana, you should be riled up. You should be riled up about all this crap. You should look at Donald Trump saying he wants to be a dictator. And you should be riled up and say no. We are not going to let this happen. But instead, you're going to whine and bitch and moan. Both parties are the same, man. No, shut up. Put on your adult pants. Grow up. Look at the real, real situation. Get out there. Stop tyranny from happening. And then maybe we can discuss, you know, improving what's going on within the Democratic Party. If you want to move the Democratic Party to the left, elect more Congress people who are to the left. Because I want to see Congress move to the left. I'm a pragmatic progressive. I want universal health care. I want Medicare for all. I want universal basic income. I want to spend less money on policing and more money to prevent things that require policing to happen. Which... Many people label as defunding the police. I want many of those things that other leftists and progressives want to see. But I'm not willing to sacrifice the country to do it. I'm not willing to sit here and let this country die. I don't like every single decision that Joe Biden has made. And I'm going to sit here and applaud the decisions that Joe Biden has done, like on student loans. He's helped lots of people on student loans. And he's going to help more. But you're all going to bury your heads in the sand and ignore what's going on in Texas and ignore what's going on in Ohio and be spoiled little children. And it's getting ridiculous, and you all need to stop. Good enough, Frank? <sighs> oh, yeah, no, we already talked about Paxton and his threats to prosecute. We talked about that Friday. And we talked about that again today. So, yeah. That rant was literally like nine minutes and like 40-something seconds, which is, you know, here's the thing. And I know, again, I'll always preface this with, I know Hal hates TikTok. But, like, there's like, I was talking with somebody, uh, when I go to Cider, you know, the buy me a Cider, you know, if you go to liberaldan.com and click the buy me a Cider button, it helps you can buy me a Cider. Or you just go to buymecoffee.com slash liberaldanradio and it buys me a Cider. Um, or you can become a Liberal Dan Radio patron, patreon.com slash liberaldan or patreon.liberaldan.com. Or you can Venmo me if you want to support the show. Best way to support the show is to watch videos because we need 122 more hours of videos watched in order to... Uh, reach the, the pinnacle and get the 3,000 hours over the last 365 days so we can whatever. And that's, that's the best way to help the show. Also get subscribers. We have actually been raising – my subscriber numbers have been raising the last couple of days. I think it's because of my Hanukkah videos because I'll probably make another one after the show's done because, you know, people like my thinking, I guess, apparently. But 
Um, but like the guy who runs there's it's a couple that owns the cidery and the guy was talking about like polling data and then like 20% of what I think Gen Z doesn't believe that the Holocaust exists when polled and like another 30% of Gen Z is unsure whether or not the Holocaust happened like so a majority of Gen Z is either denies that the Holocaust happened or isn't sure that the Holocaust happened. And there's a bunch of people who use TikTok as their primary news source. And there's a lot of misinformation on TikTok. There's a lot of anti-Semitism on TikTok. There's a whole bunch of stuff on TikTok. So that's a lot of great. Some people would say that's a great reason to just avoid TikTok, right? And... Thank you for sharing, Jeff, that you got to pee. We all need to know that. Anyway, one of the, but I would argue that it's the main reason why you have to go into the filth. You need to go into the hive of scum and villainy. And you have to fight it. You have to fight the anti-Semitism where it is. <clears throat> you can't just say TikTok's terrible because there's anti-Semitism over there and because there's misinformation over there and because there's misinformation and anti-Semitism over there, it's a terrible platform, don't use it. You can't just say that because then that allows the anti-Semitism to fester and grow. Sometimes you got to go into the, into the hive of scum and villainy and fight the scum and the, scum and the villainy where they are. So that 10-minute rant going up against the extreme lefty, lefty crazies. And some people would call me an extreme lefty crazy at some point because I hold very progressive lefty type views on many things. I just have to be a little more pragmatic about it. You know, I, I just, you know, I will vote for Joe Biden for one because, you know, in the choice between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, I, I'd rather my country remain alive and not under the you know, a harsh dictator. Great, I live in Louisiana, and so my vote doesn't mean a hell of beans. But, and yeah, polling, again, big hope polling really depends on how it's asked. But I'm unsure how you can ask the question, do you believe that the Holocaust happened in any sort of way that could be vague or that anybody would be like, you know, answer in a way that would be like, not un- that answer in a way that where they wouldn't understand what you were trying to say. Now, granted, if you were asking a bunch of Trump supporters who were the poorly educated folks that Donald Trump said he liked after the you know 2016 Nevada primaries, maybe yeah, those people might not be able to understand what you were saying. I might just answer yes or you know I don't believe because they might be like what, but I don't know. Um, Anyway, I just, let me just see this. Texas Supreme Court blocks order law in Texas. Let's see. Let's see what they said. Let's see if we have actually a ruling, what they see, what they said in the ruling. Because um, my prediction, I haven't even gotten to what they said in the ruling and, and what they blocked. Um, cause what I, what I said in the room, let, let, actually, let's, let's bring up the, the Texas abortion law text, Texas abortion ban text. Cause, cause we should be, 
we should be up and aware of what the text says. Um, that's that's too small to read. I can't read that on there. Um, No, that's not even that's not that's not that's not very well printed either. Um Let's pull that out, and we're going to text, put Texas in there to try and get it. And pull it down into here. And we can then switch the alternate view. I don't know if you can really see that that well. Um, it's not the best one. Let's Let's go back to another. A different one, shall we? Every time I every time I would drive through Leanna in Tennessee, every time I would drive through Tennessee, I'd be like, "Are you a state? Because you're the only ten I see." Boom, boom. Let's see if we can get a different uh, two, 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 two definitions position to a form. Close. No. I don't think that's the right one. Why do they make it so difficult? Why can't they just say, like, I'm usually really good at searching this darn thing, but let's see. Kate Cox, Supreme Court ruling text. Let's look at that first. Um, There we go. There is the Supreme Court ruling. So my my prediction about this one was that I made about Friday was that if the Supreme Court blocked it, it would because it's it's because they would argue that it's not life threatening. So let's see if that's what they say. I guess I need to move my window over here because we're in the middle of the thing. Anyway, so according to the ruling. Uh, Kate Cox and her husband, Justin, are parents of two children. Ms. Cox was about 20 weeks pregnant with a third child, one who has received the tragic diagnosis. The Coxes and their doctor sue to prevent the enforcement of Texas laws that generally prohibit abortion. These laws reflect the policy choice that the legislator has made, and the courts must respect that choice. Part of the legislature's choice is to permit a significant exception uh, to general prohibition against abortion and is delegated to the medical rather than the legal profession the decision about when a women's medical circumstances warrant this exception. Law allows an abortion when, oh, they, they, they listed for us. 
in the exercise of reasonable medical judgment, the pregnant female has a life-threatening physical condition aggravated by, caused by, or arising from a pregnancy that places the female at risk of death or poses a serious risk of substantial impairment of a major bodily function unless the abortion is performed or induced. So there you go. The Supreme Court did us a favor, quotes, did us a favor by citing the text of the law for us that we were looking for. So there's the text of the law that we were looking for. Uh, So I don't know, I don't know about you, but to me, if a doctor is saying that continued, continuing the pregnancy, the, the patient is at risk of permanently being infertile, to me, that is a substantial impairment of major bodily function. Wouldn't you say, wouldn't you say that, that, that if, if, if you now are, that, that the ability to become pregnant is a major bodily function, especially if you live in a state that is so pro-life that you have to make these laws to, to protect preg- pregnancies from being terminated. This state supposedly views pregnancy in such high esteem. It is so important to keep pregnancy intact. In, in I think I have a kitty joining me. Anyway, the state of Texas is so concerned with pregnancy and making sure that as few pregnancies are as terminated as possible, that they put into their laws that the only way that you can have an abortion is that, quote, in the exercise of reasonable medical judgment, the pregnant female has a life-threatening physical condition aggravated by, caused by, arising from a pregnancy that places the female at risk of death or poses a serious risk of substantial impairment of a major bodily function unless the abortion is performed or induced. So, you would think that because of the high esteem that the state of Texas is putting on pregnancies, that a condition that would cause somebody to become infertile and as such no longer be able to become pregnant would meet that criteria of being a serious risk of substantial impairment of a major bodily function. Right? Wouldn't you think that that would be the case? That if the doctor is saying that if the patient continues to remain pregnant in the condition that the patient is in and the the patient will be infertile, that this is a permanent a substantial impairment of a major bodily function? I mean, if it's permanently infertile, to me, that's a substantial impairment of a major bodily function, especially if you're feeling that pregnancy is so important that it has to be protected at all costs. Well, if you're not being hypocritical, at least, but hypocrisy is a conservative prerequisite. Let's continue to see what this, what this ruling says. 
Texas Health and Safety Code. Only a doctor can exercise reasonable medical judgment to decide whether or not a pregnant woman has a life-threatening physical condition, making an abortion necessary to save her life or to save her from a serious risk of substantial impairment of a major bodily function. If a doctor using uh, her reasonable medical judgment decides that a pregnant woman has such a condition, then the exception applies, and Texas law does not prohibit the abortion. In this case, the pleadings state that Mrs. Cox's doctor... Uh, Mrs. Domla Carson believes Mrs. Cox qualifies for abortion based on the medical necessity exception, but when she sued seeking a court's preauthorization, Ms. Carson did not assert that Ms. Cox has a life-threatening physical condition or that in Dr. Carson's reasonable medical judgment, the abortion is necessary because Ms. Cox has the type of condition the exception requires. No one disputes that Mrs. Cox's pregnancy has been extremely complicated. Any parents would be devastated to learn that their unborn child's trisomy diagnosis, 18 diagnosis. Some difficulties in pregnancy, however, even serious ones, do not pose the heightened risk of the a mother exception encompasses. The exception requires the doctor to decide whether Ms. Cox's difficulties pose such risk. Dr. Carson asked the court to preauthorize the abortion, yet she could not, or at least did not attest to the court that Ms. Cox's condition poses the risk the exception requires. But she did. It has been stated that her condition poses a threat to her fertility. Despite this, the trial court ruled that a protective abortion, a prospective abortion would fall within the medical exception in Texas abortion laws based solely on the verified pleading. It issued an order restraining the attorney general from abortion laws against Dr. Carson and others related to the case. State seeks relief. We note at the outset that we may grant mandamus relief when the trial effectively resolves the merits of the case in a temporary restraining order. Uh, but the state has also challenged the trial court's jurisdiction, arguing the plaintiffs have not pleaded a claim for relief. Uh, that the court has the power to decide. The trial court did not rule on the state's plea as it must at its earliest opportunity, um, concluding a trial court without jurisdiction cannot order relief even temporarily. The trial court declared the abortion laws unenforceable based on the court's opinion that the exception applies. A woman who meets the medical necessity exception need not seek a court order to obtain an abortion under the law. It is a doctor who must decide that a woman is suffering from a life-threatening condition during her pregnancy, raising the necessity for an abortion to save her life to prevent impairment of major body inflection. The law leads to physicians, not judges, both the discretion and the responsibility to exercise the reasonable medical judgment given the unique facts and circumstances of each patient. Problem with that is that what doctor is going to take the risk of making the determination that they believe that it is uh, medically necess- a medical necessity for the procedure to take place without the legal guidance and then risk the punishment of the law if the law comes in and say, well, we think you're wrong. Up to the doctor to determine it, then the state should have no ability to come in and challenge the doctor. That's where the law makes no sense. If it's up to the doctor to make that decision according to the state Supreme Court, then, then there should be no jurisdiction for the state to come in and second-guess the doctor. Period. You either have to let the doctor make the decision and have it be that, or you have to then allow the doc- you have to allow people to come to court and say, okay, is this abortion okay or not? You can't have it both ways. Because if you don't allow the doctor the ability to make that decision without being second-guessed by some attorneys or by the attorney general or by the courts, then the doctors are not going to make that decision because they're not going to risk their lives or their livelihood or imprisonment or fines or their family's livelihood or their jobs or whatever just because they're not attorneys and they can't determine whether or not their procedures are going to meet the requirements of this poorly written law. So 
if I'm to read what the Supreme Court is saying, if, it, if it's the responsibility of the physicians and not judges, the Supreme Court here is saying that you should not be able to come in and after the fact and tell a doctor, hey, you made the wrong decision. But we all know that that's not what the Supreme Court is saying because, well, that would require the Supreme Court to be giving up its power to then come in and hammer doctors over the head like with like bang, bang, Maxwell silver hammer um, and yeet them from their positions because they're activist conservatives who want to act and use their judicial power to prevent women from ending their pregnancies, even if their pregnancies are a risk to their lives or to, to, uh, or they are a threat to have a, a severe, permanent physical problem as worded in law. How is it worded again in the law? Um, a uh, substantial impairment of a major bodily function. And again, um, we, we, we go back down to the, to the, to the Texas Tribune uh, article that says, the lawsuit brought by the Center of Reproductive Rights said that continuing the pregnancy posed a threat to Cox's health and future fertility. The lawsuit said, according to the article, so either, so either, so, so the Supreme Court is lying because the lawsuit said that the pregnancy posed a threat to Cox's health and future f- fertility. And if it's a threat to her future f- fertility, that means that there is a serious risk of substantial impairment of a major bodily function. So again, we have more. So not only do we have conservative activists uh, on the federal Supreme Court, we have conservative activists on the state Supreme Court as well. And Texas becomes one step closer to becoming Gilead. Because through the wording of this law, which doesn't spell out how the people are supposed to make that determination, as to what, what determines or what spells out uh, is a life-threatening physical condition, uh, what, is putting, uh, what, what, what is considered to place the female at a risk of death, or what poses a serious risk of substantial impairment of major bodily function, and you're, the court is supposedly, again, leaving it up to the doctors, but then Ken Paxton after somebody performs a, a Ken Paxson is threatened, threatened to say, we're going to come in and we're going to take action. We're going to arrest you if you do this. In complete contradiction to what the Supreme Court has said, Supreme Court, again, says the law leaves to physicians, not judges, the discretion and responsibility to exercise the reasonable judgment. B.S. B-freaking-S. The Republicans in Texas put the power squarely in the hands of the government, of the attorney general, of law enforcement, and the courts. And they took the power away from the patients and the doctors. And no amount of legal jargon, no amount of horrible Supreme Court rulings, no amount of any sort of legalese is going to take that away. This ruling is a bunch of BS. And it forced Kate, I mean, she, Kate Cox probably just saw the ruling on the wall, and that's why she left the state earlier 
to go get the go get the procedure out of the state because she was like, you know what, I'm not putting my future fertility at any further risk. I'm not going to make myself uh, put myself in any more risk. I want to have a baby later. I want to have more babies with my husband. I want to have another kid. So I'm not going to put myself in future risk. I'm going to go to another state or another country because offers have come in from Canada, from Colorado, I think, from Kansas. Kansas, for frick's sake. Conservative-ass Kansas, where abortion is protected because the voters said, no, F you, we're not allowing this crap. She got offers to come from various places. So she left the state. She went to go take care and handle her business to make sure that she does not have a permanent physical impairment so that she could continue and try and have a kid with her husband at some point later in the future. Don't give me that BS that it's up to the physician's judgment. No, it's not. That's why the law is worded in the way it is. And that's why Ken Paxton threatened to sue or threatened to arrest the doctors and took his actions that he did. Because it's not. If it was up to the doctor's discretion to do that, there would be no need for the law. And this is why, again, Texas is one step closer to Gilead. This is why we live in a horrible society that where Texas just keeps discriminating against women. Um, this is why I have more on Ken Paxton, more on Ken Paxton, and why we're going to continue to have shows like this as we keep encroaching on body autonomy, as we keep encroaching on uh, the rights of individuals to make decisions for themselves and their own bodies, um, as we keep eliminating the rights uh, on body autonomy, on fertility rights, on reproductive rights. This is a, this is a major issue for, for me because it doesn't, just because it, does, it can't apply to me, look, I'll never have to face having an abortion. Never, never. But I take this issue seriously because as it's, it, it's part of my Jewish upbringing, if you want to know the truth. They, uh, there's three sayings in Jewish tradition. Uh, if I am not for myself, who will be for me? If I am only for myself, who am I? And if not now, when? The second one being the most important here. Maybe the second and the third ones being the most important here. Because I can't just sit here and advocate for things that are only for me. I need to advocate for other people as well. I'll talk more about that in a second. And again, if not now, if not now when? The time to act is not in the future. The time to act is now to protect body autonomy. Well, the time to act was back in 2016 when people refuse to freaking vote. But, you know. Anyway. <clears throat> I'm going to have a lot of videos that are, that are, that are going to be posted after this show tonight that will be live tomorrow morning. Lots of videos for people to watch, lots of videos for people to share. So remember, tomorrow morning when these videos go live, make sure to share the hell out of them because that's the way we get to 3,000 views over the last 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 365 days is by y'all sharing the hell out of my videos and making sure the people watch them because that's because it, it y'all are doing great. I'm telling you, y'all are doing a great job watching videos. 
I swear. I, I mean, I'm proud of all of y'all for helping out and for every one of y'all that, that, that is watching videos after the show. I can tell. I'm looking at the numbers and I'm watching the numbers grow. I'm watching the numbers because my average numbers like went from like two something or like maybe low 300 a month to like almost four. So y'all are doing great. I'm very proud of y'all and I very appreciate all y'all what are doing. We just need a little extra push to get us over that hump for the next for, for the next couple of days, and we'll get we'll get to three thousand. And maybe in when maybe when I'm in Disney World, I'll be able to I'll, I'll be able to be super duper excited and happy. And then I'll be giving away a couple of memberships. Uh, I'll be paying for a couple of memberships when I get back from Disney World in the House Park Show, because that's what I said I would do as soon as I become monetized here. I was gonna I was gonna I was gonna make it rain some memberships on the House Park Show. So. Elizabeth, everyone's privacy is at risk. Yes, absolutely. There is that as well. It, it, because there is that argument to be made that first they came for the first they came. I would say first they came for the women, but not all women can get pregnant. So first they came for those who could gestate, uh, but I couldn't gestate, so I didn't worry about it. Then they came for the trans folk, but I was a trans folk, so they didn't come after me. Then they came for the Muslims. I was a Muslim. And then they came for the Jews, and no one was left to come. No, no one was left to, hurt, to worry about me. So, again, another, another thing uh, from my Jewish tradition. If you want to go look up another thing, well, one of the things that, that reminded me of the – I've talked about the if I'm, not only, if I'm not for myself, who will be for me? If I am only for myself, who am I? And if not now, when? I've brought that up on my show before. But I was reminded of that. I'm going to put it in the chat, in the YouTube chat. So if you're listening on Block Talk Radio, again, come to liberaldayandradio.com and come join us in the chat over there because that's the best way to join in with everybody. Um, putting in the chat the name of the person. I invited this individual to come on the show. He was not free to come on the show today. I wanted to have an interview with him because of something that happened. The individual is called the Latke Daddy. Uh, Hanukkah. Um, Hanukkah is a festival of lights. Instead of one night of presents, we have eight crazy nights to cite Adam Sandler. Um, when you think you're the only kid in town without a Christmas tree, here's a bunch of people who are Jewish, just like you and me. Anyway, sorry. Um, David Lee Roth lights the menorah. So does James Conn, Kirk Douglas, and the late dinosaur. Guess who eats together at the Carnegie Deli? Bowser from Shanana and Arthur Fonzarelli. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> Leanna, we can thank evangelicals for abortion bans. One of the demands per se, Trump was religious. The funny thing is evangelicals used to not be worried about abortion that used to be far off their radar it only started happening around like late 70s once i think once jimmy carter became president I mean, jimmy carter was, was like a preacher pastor or whatever but good old southern boy but then the republicans were like we need to get the southern vote so what are we going to do to rile all these christian evangelicals up and get them on our side let's make a big deal about abortion especially after roe v wade so that's how they, that's how, that's what they did so, anyway, back to the Latke Daddy. 
story because I, I got myself a <laughs> big uh, copyright strike coming if you continue. If I get a copyright strike for that, I will be impressed. Let me tell you. I'll be impressed if I get a copyright strike for that. Uh, if, if, if I sound uh, maybe the just like you and me. I think I, 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 I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know if I would get a copyright strike for the I don't know. I think I got a copyright strike for the for the um, for my imitation of Edith the other day. So, <laughs> um, but there was supposed to be on Wednesday, Wednesday night, there was supposed to be a a Hanukkah themed. Well, actually, let's roll back. So the Hanukkah being the festival of lights was awesome. So one of the things about the, the story of Hanukkah. So Sit around, boys and girls, and let's listen to the story of Hanukkah. Story of Hanukkah, short, short version, is the Maccabees, or priests, whatever, fighting the, the Salucids, and, and, and they, they, they defiled the temple, and so the Maccabees had to go clean the temple, and uh, the temple and the synagogue, you always have to have an eternal light. There always has to be an eternal light lit in the synagogue, in the temple, or what have you. That's, that's the rule. You have to have an eternal light. So, so all of the oil jars were smashed except for one oil jar. So they only thought this oil jar was going to last for one day, but the oil in the jar lasted for eight days. So that's why we celebrate Hanukkah is because the oil lasted for eight days. So how do we celebrate that? We take a whole bunch of food and we fry it in oil. Great for the heart, right? <laughs> and we do a bunch of other stuff. We light the candles. You know, we burn. We light the candles. We, we light them. We, we they go from this way, but we light them this way, and then we spin the dreidel. And I have a parody on that on spinning the dreidel. Uh, the, the Hebrew words on the dreidel, at least uh, outside of Israel, is Nes Gadol Hayasham, which is a great miracle happened there. In Israel, you would say Nes Gadol Po, which is a great miracle happened here. Um, you would uh, you spin the dreidel, and, and it's basically Jewish gambling. Um, so one of the again one of the major things that you make is potato lockies, potato pancakes. So you shred up some potato, you know, maybe some onions, some other seasonings. Some people put flour in it, some people don't. Uh, how you make lockies is, you know, some people grind it up a lot, some people make it look more like a hash brown, whatever. But you you fry it up in oil, and the reason you fry it up in oil is because reminiscent of the fact that you're celebrating the fact that it's a holiday about oil. And you also have like, if if you if you watched my parody of the eight nights of Hanukkah, where I'm up to night four now, I'll have to do the fifth night tonight. Um, spoiler alert: tonight's five books of Moses. Um, five books of Moses. Anyway, um, the uh, jelly donuts is one of the other things, or sufganiot, as they call it in Hebrew. Um, is why I had four jelly donuts, three spinning dreidels, two potato lockies, and a bagel with lox and cream cheese. Um, I put in a bagel, lox, and cream cheese. Well, bagels are also fried often as well, so it is what it is, or boiled, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> so tell you all that, 
because there's this guy called the Lotkey Daddy, and he he has like a pop up that'll have it's kind of like a food truck type deal or whatever, and he'll 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 do pop ups all over town, and and he'll he'll make up his fancy pants Lotkeys with different toppings or different different versions of Lotkeys. I think sometimes maybe he'll have a sweet potato Lotkey or whatever or what have you. Uh, he's also the Lockheed Daddy on Instagram. If you want to see the story about that, there's also a story about uh, from the Gambit Weekly uh, a story on that on Instagram as well. Uh, so there was another place, another bar that was owned by somebody who's Jewish as well. Um, and there is obviously, as you could expect, there's there's various diverse thoughts in the Jewish community here in New Orleans and various places across the country and around the world as, of, over the what's going on in Israel at the moment. Um, so with what's going on in Israel moment, so, so the Lockheed daddy is very progressive. He's very progressive. He's leftist. He's very much against he, he wants a ceasefire. He's very open and, and outspoken about the fact that he wants a ceasefire. And in his posts about, uh, what's going on with Israel and Gaza and the Palestinians and Hamas, he has said, uh, he, he acknowledges the fact that he might take a little ding to his business because he understands that some people will disagree with his political statements, but he, he's not going to be quiet about his political statements, and he believes that it's part of his Jewish faith uh, to, um, to, to be advocate for others because he said, if I am only for myself, who am I, uh, et cetera, and if not, now what? So he brought that up today as well, which reminded me of that, which reminded me to bring it up for the other topic, but which also reminded me to bring that up for this and bring up this little story. Because even though he wasn't able to come on as a guest, I wanted to talk about it a little bit. So he was going to be a guest and he was invited to be, or not necessarily a guest, but he was invited to be one of several food vendors and maybe some other vendors as well that was going to be at this Hanukkah event at this place called Zoni Mash, which serves in my opinion, terrible beer. I don't like any of the options that they have at Sunny Match. It's like a hipster beer place. It's all craft brewed IPA and other, like I've never had anything. I've tried several of their options. It's all, I don't like it. Maybe other people, if you like IPAs or other type of craft brewery stuff, maybe y'all might like it. And if you do, I'm not judging. That's fine. I don't like it. So, I don't know if I would have went. Maybe I would have went to get some, some of the Lockheed Daddy Lockies because, you know, I like the Lockheed Daddy Lockies. I've had them before. He has served the Lockies at Broad Street Cider before, a place where I do go, where I get my ciders, where you can buy me a cider. Go to liberalday.com, hit the Buy Me Cider button if you want to buy me a cider. Um, I can especially use some extra money when I go to Disney. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so the... Uh, it was it was found out by some of the other more conservative members of the Jewish community, some of the people who are more supportive of the Netanyahu administration and who are more supportive or who don't want a ceasefire to go on, who believe that there should be fighting going on, or I don't know how how vociferously they or how how much they want Israel to, you know, if they're if they're the flattened Gaza types of folks or if they are the, you know, the type of people who believe that Hamas needs to be taken out, whatever, you know, I don't, it didn't seem like they were as pragmatic as myself, like the stance that I take, which is, yes, Hamas needs to go, but the way that Netanyahu is doing it is terrible, and as such is, is, is making Israel look bad, and 
as such is giving the anti-Semites a lot of fuel to fuel their anti-Semitism, which is not a which is not a justification of the anti-Semites, but it's still um, it's still not good for Netanyahu to do. But um, anyway, so they found out about this, and those other people were like, "If he's invited to this thing, we ain't coming." And so. The owner of, I think it was Onimash. I think that's the place. I think I have it right. Um, let me let me let me look that up just just to make sure that I'm not reporting it wrong and I'm not saying the wrong. Emmett Weekly, Zonimash, uh, Lockheed Daddy. Um, yes, Zoni Zonimash Beer Project. I had it right, so good. I'm reporting it correctly. So first, they they canceled him and told him that he wasn't going to be he was going to be disinvited and he was like look i understand y'all have a business to run i'm not gonna i'm not gonna judge you or be angry at you for it you have a business to run i knew that when i was very political about the things that i i mean i don't even know if it's political to say you know arguing that people shouldn't be unalived is not political in my opinion but people make it so um but the other people were basically saying, if you don't, if you let him come, we're not coming. But it, it got to a point from where it's, it's, they canceled him to they just flat out canceled the et- entire event. The entire event got canceled. Zodimash Beer Project abruptly canceled Hanukkah celebration, citing external tensions. Uh, the brewery and outdoor space, which uh, regularly hosts a range of family-friendly celebrations, concerts, and pop-ups, had scheduled a celebration in Babka Bake Off for December 7th, the first night of Hanukkah. But in a social media post Wednesday morning, the brewery wrote, regrettably, we find ourselves placed in the midst of external tensions. Our intent has always been to be host a lighthearted and contact-free celebration, providing a space for diverse communities to come together and enjoy the spirit of Hanukkah. Unfortunately, challenges beyond our control have compromised our ability to ensure a joyful and safe environment. The brewery had announced it would be closed that day. The brewery has not responded to re- for a request for further comment from the gambit, but it appears the reason may be due in part to tensions between a number of members of the Jewish community over divided support over the Israeli government's war with Hamas and ongoing bombardment of Gaza following terrorist groups' attacks of, on October 7th. Uh, the violence has left thousands of Israelis and Palestinians dead and displaced hundreds of thousands of Palestinian residents in the Gaza Strip. In an interview with Gambit, Lockheed purveyor and Jewish activist Adam Mayer, the person who I invited on the show, said he had been uninvited by the brewery after the event sponsors allegedly discovered his opposition to the Israeli government's bombardments and ground assaults in Gaza. Sony Mash didn't tell me who threatened to pull out over my involvement. I know they are between a rock and a hard place. Uh, not Iraq, but a rock. Um, we talked before about an hour and I was like, I see the position you're in. I don't know what I'd do if I had employees. You got to do what you got to do. The brewery uninvited him from participating before ultimately canceling the event outright. Um, Mayor had wrote that this is the third event that he had been forced to cancel at New Orleans venues, none by his own decision. I have no ill will towards the venues themselves, he wrote. They have been put to the screws by other event partners in the Jewish community who see my stance as a personal attack. He says Zoni Mash approached him respectfully. Uh, he also said he was surprised by the brewery rescinding his invitation and canceling the event outright. Uh, Mayor has 
told Gambit that he had partnered with the brewery since they first launched the pop-up in 2020 amid the Black Lives Matter protest and that social justice and human rights activism has always been part of his mission as a food vendor. Um, Judaism teaches that silence is complicity, that that's part of Jewish teaching. If not, if I'm not for others, who will stand up for me? That's part of my Jewish faith community and understanding. There's never been a question about whether or not I should speak out, um, et cetera. So there you go. That, so he was, he was invited on as a guest. I told him that he's invited to come on any time. So uh, there you have it. Let's see. What's, um, let's scroll back. See, Steve, fry food and oil. Maybe you do have more in common with us Scots than I thought. <laughs> oh, you're a Scotsman, eh? Um, my, my joke about what's the difference between an Irish accent and a Scottish accent is when you're an Irishman, you talk like this. You, you sound more a little laid back, but when you're a Scottish, you sound like you gotta take a wee crap. Um, sorry. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. To big hook. Do your kids go to Hebrew school? No, we're not. I'm not a practicing Jewish person. Um, uh, I, I, I practice enough as a kid. I don't need any more practice. Um, I'm Jewish and my wife is Catholic. We're both lapsed, but that makes our kids cashews. Um, let's see. Let's see. Texas State Fair has deep fried butter. I always find deep fried butter to be weird. It's, it's not, it's, it's just, it's just a, roll wrapped around butter like so it's not really deep fried butter it's just you know deep fried whatever you wrap the butter in. i don't like sweets but deep fried oreos are the shit yep i love deep fried oreos they're amazing um let's see leanna i don't care for okra has cooked it's always slimy to me that's because it's not cooked right if you if you cook the okra right it's not slimy. And let me tell you, if you ever had deep fried pickle oak, pickled okra, mm, that stuff is the bomb. Uh, let's see. What else? Elizabeth, I love open anything fried. Never tried fried ice cream either, but I hear it's, fried ice cream is pretty good. I've had that before. Um, Bicycle Mike, stop talking to I have a cracked tooth. I'm eating yogurt and cottage cheese. I'm sorry, dude. Um, all right, what else? What else to chit chatty about before we get to what's the next topic? Um, oh, we got uh, Jack Smith. Um, totally need to talk about that because that's a that's a that's a biggie. Changing course. Before we change course again, you know, Liberal Land Radio, talk from the left, that's right. Mondays and Wednesdays, typically 8 p.m. Central here on liberaldandradio.com, which just brings you to the YouTube channel. Um, support the show. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Like the videos if you haven't liked so. Go comment on and like videos if you feel up to it. Engage with the people who are commenting on other videos to get that engagement up, to get other people seeing the videos, because the more engagement, the better. That gets other people seeing the videos, other people watching the videos, um, which is a good thing. Also, um, 
one thing you can do is just make sure that before you go to bed, just put on a video, don't have it on mute, but just put on a video and maybe have the volume on low and just have it be a four hour video and just have it be playing as you lull off to sleep. And, you know, it might help get those numbers up. Maybe it'll help me get up to the, to the 3000 number that I need to get. Hopefully if everyone did that for the rest of the week, we'd probably get there. Um, just saying. I've been doing it as much as possible with, with my Nerdy Dan account, sometimes with my Budget Ears account. should do it with both. Um, so, uh, but again, otherwise help the show, just you know, share videos. I'm sure there'll be, few, again, I'm sure there'll be a few tomorrow that will be uploaded and ready. Um, encourage other people to subscribe. I'm sure encourage other people to um, watch videos as well. Just get stuff up there. I mean, currently we've got 43 views at 40 minutes on average, which is pretty good. I was hoping to get, what was I hoping to get? I was hoping to get 50 watching for two hours, but we're not going to hit that. But, you know. It is what it is. Thank you, Donald. Um, anywho, so uh, back to the story, the other story you want to talk about before or after I take a sip of water. Um, so Zach Smith is putting all the cards on the table. Jack Smith goes ahead and they appealed uh, the whole thing as the ruling was the ruling was that in the, in the local court was that Donald Trump, I think it was Chuckin ruled that Donald Trump does not have criminal immunity for this case um, because it was not an action that was done as part of his presidency or period or whatever that he, you know, there was, there's arguments that, that presidents have civil immunity uh, over certain things, even if they're on the periphery of his presidency, but this such a thing wouldn't be even on the periphery of his presidency. This thing would be something that would be on a, nothing to do with his pregnancy. His presidency has something to do with his candidacy as such. There is no way that Donald Trump would have immunity, and that's what Chuckin said. And of course, since Chuckin ruled that, uh, that was appealed to the D.C. Court of Appeals. Uh, but uh, Jack Smith was like, you know what? F it. We are just going to bypass the D.C. Court of Appeals. We are going to go straight to the Supreme Court. We're going to make an end around. We're going to go directly to the Supreme Court. We're going to say, Supreme Court, rule on this now. This is of such vital urgency. Um, that um, that we're going to, going to ask the Supreme Court to step in and make a ruling whether or not Donald Trump has immunity because he's president. And this is, this is the gamble. Now, I don't think it's that big of a gamble. In, in, in a vacuum, it wouldn't be that big of a gamble because if you had a reasonable Supreme Court, and this, this, is, this, is, this is why it's a gamble. If you had a reasonable Supreme Court, I don't know, I know the answer already. If you had a reasonable Supreme Court with reasonable Supreme Court justices on it who looked at the laws reasonably, 
you would they, you would you would be able to say, you know what? Yes, good. We'll get the answer that we all expect that Donald Trump does not have immunity for violating the law while president, as when he's president, and uh, this case can continue, and we'll we'll start the case in March. Done, and we'll be able to just bypass the uh, D.C. Court of Appeals and the D.C. Court of Appeals case will be like, well, well, the Supreme Court said, no, you don't have immunity, so we got to go by the Supreme Court. Boom, done. There you go. Of course, we have uh, Justices Alito, Justice Thomas, Justice Barrett, Justice Gorsuch, Justice Kavanaugh, uh, at least those five. I am going to say that Justice Roberts would probably say that he doesn't have immunity. That, that I, I guarantee you that the that the three liberals on the court would be like, you crazy. <laughs> they would be like, are you fucking kidding me? No, you do not have immunity. Shut up. I believe that Justice Roberts, for all of his flaws, and there's plenty of them, I believe that Justice Roberts would probably side with the liberals on this case. Just, just a feeling, just a hunch. And he would say there is no immunity in this case as well. What about the other five? Is it possible that there's one who would also say no immunity? I don't know. Maybe. If I, if, would I bet any money on it? Absolutely not. Because those five are so ridiculously activist that who knows, especially the three named by Trump. I don't trust Barrett. I don't trust Kavanaugh. I don't trust Gorsuch. I don't trust Alito. I don't trust Thomas. I don't trust none of them. If they all took their jobs seriously, it would be a 9 nothing ruling. No, you don't have immunity for criminal actions while pre- done while president. Shut up. You're stupid. Let's see, is it just him or is the volume going down? Well, let me see. That's weird. My volume did go down. My volume setting on my system, what is going on? I put it at 100, and it just dropped to 78 all by itself. That is bizarre. My volume literally dropped all by itself. That is the weirdest thing ever. Who knows? That's that's just so weird. Something's wrong with my... I mean, I do need a new laptop. I've been having this laptop for, for far too long, but I can't afford one right now, so I'm not going to worry about it. It's working at the moment. I'll, I'll, I'll burn that bridge when I get there. <laughs> um, it's working. It's working. Uh, Elizabeth, any immunity or privilege they give to Trump, they give to Biden, catch 22. But here's the thing. Biden is not a criminal. And regardless of how much the Republicans in the Senate want to try and claim or the House want to claim that he's a criminal and want to impeach him for whatever crimes they believe, it's all a dog and pony show. You all know that the reason why that they're waiting on bringing up these, you know, articles, the, the, not the articles of impeachment, but the 
but bringing up the investigative committee to investigate whether or not there should be an impeachment or not is because they want it to be taking place in the middle of the of the presidential election. They don't want it to happen now. They want it to have they want it to happen like next year. That's why. Do I have a ghost? I may very well have a ghost or alien. Sometimes Rose, the the cat that jumps on my shoulder, will be like looking around at like strange random things. So maybe we we say it's aliens, but maybe it's a ghost. I don't know. Um, we've had several pet, pet deaths in the house. Maybe it's the ghost of uh, ghost of sushi or 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 uh, Sylvester or s'mores. Never know. This is actually the unfortunately the anniversary of poor little s'mores passing away. Um, he passed away during COVID. Um, he was a stray that we picked up and unfortunately had a. Uh, feline leukemia we didn't realize it at the time but he uh he was a good little kitty but unfortunately uh he didn't he didn't last as long as other cats have so um so youtube is going a bit crazy tonight with updates the text boxes and emojis are jumping around well i mean youtube might be very well be going crazy but it's my settings that's see i just jumped down to 85 percent randomly like I'm watching it as it, I just put it to 100 and now it just went down to 93. Now it just went down to 89. My, my computer is haunted. I don't understand what's going on with my computer. That's so bizarre. Stay at 100. Why are you being stupid, computer? But so I don't. It may very well be possible that that maybe the conservatives, which would be interesting. And also, here's the thing, though. The if here, here's the thing, I guess, to, to counter the point that you brought up, Elizabeth, which is that that if they want to they, they want to impeach Biden over what Biden supposedly did with Hunter Biden with Hunter Biden, but what they're accusing of Joe Biden doing which he didn't, didn't do, which is stupid, um, is, and there's no evidence of it, of him doing what they're accusing him of doing. But what they're accusing him of doing took place before he was president. So even if they grant Trump, immune, even if the Supreme Court were to say, yes, he's immune because he was president, so he's immune, he can do anything he wants as president because he's immune to anything criminal. And the only way to punish him is by impeachment, which is, which, would be stupid. Um, the that wouldn't affect any 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 effects to punish Biden for criminal charges if he had any criminal charges because those criminal charges that the Republicans are trying to claim that he did would have taken place from before when Biden was president. It would have taken place during the years I think between him being vice president and president. So I don't think that would play into the decision-making of Supreme of the Supreme court. That makes sense. Um, of course, here's why it could very well still be a nine Oh decision. Here's why Trump's lawyers are stupid. And here's why it's not an issue of double jeopardy or whatever. Um, if, if, if you commit a, if you commit a crime while president, and let's record this one too, because you know, we gotta. Here's why Trump's lawyers are stupid. Here's why 
Um, it should be a 9-0 ruling against Donald Trump and that he doesn't have immunity. Here, here's why it is. The only way that you could punish a president for a crime during, the, during a president's while the president is sitting in office, is to impeach the president and remove the president from office. And the only punishment for that crime is to remove the president from office, right? So that, that's the standing kind of legal theory, is that you can't, you can't put a president on trial while he's sitting in office, because the only way to remove a president while the president is sitting in office is to impeach and, and convict on the articles of impeachment. And as such, that's the only way to remove a president. Now, the president's attorneys are saying that then prosecuting the president for those same crimes would be a violation of double jeopardy under the Constitution, which again is BS because the trying somebody under impeachment is not a criminal charge. Just like you could be charged civilly for a crime and also charged criminally for a crime, and that's not double jeopardy. You could be charged with articles of impeachment to be removed from office, and then you could be charged criminally after you're removed from office. So once you're no longer in office, you can then be charged criminally for the crimes that you committed while you were president, even if those you believe that those crimes were done as a part of your role as president. And here's why. Here's why. And I'm not a lawyer. I, I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. And I'm not sponsored by Holiday Inn Express either. I'm just citing their commercial. But here's why. In order for Donald Trump's legal team's theory to be true, in order for it to be true, Donald Trump, as president, would be able to shoot somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue, as he said before in the past. As president, he could walk down the middle of Fifth Avenue, shoot somebody, and then claim presidential immunity. And if he had presidential immunity from all crimes as president, and the only way to punish him was to impeach him and remove him from office, then a president would be, would be able to murder people at will and not do anything and not and not be able to be punished for it right so no donald trump's legal team's theory is full of crap there is no way that a sitting president could go take a gun and murder somebody and avoid criminal felony murder charges simply because he was the president of the United States. Presidents do not get carte blanche to commit crimes simply because they're presidents. That's not in the Constitution. It's not a valid legal theory. That's why the ruling should be nine to nothing, and they should be laughed out of court. Fortunately, the Supreme Court agreed to here, Jack Smith's case, and they gave uh, Donald Trump's legal team till I think Thursday uh, to respond uh, to uh, the filing, and then they will make their decision as to whether or not uh, Donald Trump has this magical theory 
of uh, he can do whatever he wants with impunity and be immune from prosecution criminally. And if they do the right thing, which I'm not holding my breath, it should be nine nothing. I mean, I, I can count on at least four that will rule that he shouldn't have immunity. Um, odds are at least one more would say, no, you don't have immunity. Maybe Kavanaugh, maybe Gorsuch. Who knows about Alito or Thomas? This court needs to, if this court does anything other than 9-0, anyone who votes that he does have immunity is going to have a further stain on their record for the rest of their career because they will be a mocked incessantly for the rest of their lives. And I think that above all else will force them to vote, no, you don't have immunity, shut up. Agree, disagree, leave your comments below. Like and subscribe. Have a good day. Anyway, that I just recorded that one extra as well for one of my other videos that I'll be posting after the show is over. So, let's see. Aaron West, there are four resident ghosts in my house. Do they have names or they just, you know, give you the chills every now and then? See, Leanna Guy isn't provoking an insurrection illegal. Well, it should be. It technically is, but you know. See, Colorado courts rule Trump insurrection. We're just going to Google that. Let's see. Go to the news. Colorado Supreme Court hears argument in Trump 14th Amendment case. Lawsuit seeks to disqualify Trump from 2024 ballot under Civil War era insurrection clause. Um, I know, so I said, I think a lower court did um, rule that he did commit insurrection. Denver District Court Judge Sarah Wallace ruled last month that although Trump engaged in insurrection within the meaning of Section 3, the clause which prohibits a person who did so after taking an oath of office to support the Constitution for holding office does not apply to the presidency, the plaintiffs who are backed by the nonprofit Citizens Responsibility and Ethics in Washington appealed that ruling to the state Supreme Court, asking it to toss out what they call Wallace's nonsensical finding that Section 3 reference to officers of the United States does not include the president, Trump's attorneys who filed their own appeal want the Supreme Court to review other issues in the case, including the finding that the former president engaged in insurrection. There are a lot of strong opinions in this case on both sides of the aisle. Chief Justice Brian Boatwright said, as he opened Wednesday's hearings in advance of oral arguments, uh, the court received hundreds of pages of amicus or friends of the court briefs from legal scholars, liberally, liberal advocacy groups, and dozens of Republican Party and state officials from across the country. Um, Big hook. If Trump gets elected under unitary theory, SCOTUS is irrelevant. Um, see. see. Unitary. I, I don't know what that word is, so I'm going to have to look it up. So let's see. 
The unitary executive theory is a normative theory of the United States constitutional law, which holds that the president of the United States possesses the power to control the entire federal executive branch. The doctrine is rooted in Article II of the Constitution, which vests the executive power of the president, although the general principle is widely accepted among legal scholars, but not political scientists. There is disagreement about the strength and scope of the doctrine. Um, describe the unitary theory as a, ensuring the federal government will execute the law in a consistent manner in accordance with the president's wishes. This stands in contrast to other scholarly literature uh, that stresses that federal employees have to faithfully execute the laws enacted according to the process prescribed in the Constitution. Uh, the vesting clause in Article 2 provides the executive power of the United States shall be vested in the president of the United States of America. Proponents of the unitary executive theory argue that this language, along with the take care clause, creates a hierarchical, unified executive department under the direct control of the president. The general principle that the president controls the entire executive branch was originally innocuous because it was understood the president would execute the law. However, the extreme forms of the theory have developed and the president's wishes exceed the law. Uh, according to law professors, uh, blah, blah, blah. no one denies that in some sense framers created a unitary executive. The question is in what sense? Some scholars oppose the weekly unitary theory for its reasons, blah, 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 blah. Um, in 1926, Myers v. The United States, the United States Supreme Court decided that the president has the exclusive power to remove executive branch officials and does not need approval of the Senate. Um, subsequent cases uh, have flexed the doctrines, reached back and forth. Justice Scalia, in his solitary dissents, argued for limited presidential removal power of all persons exercising the executive branch powers. What she argued included independent counsel. The court disagreed, but later moved to closer to Scalia's position in Edma versus the United States. Uh, criticism of the strong version of the theory. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. Where, where was this again? It's, I think it's scrolled. Where was it that it said this? If Trump gets elected under unitary theory, SCOTUS is irrelevant. Okay, so I, I think what you're saying, if Trump gets elected, comma, under unitary theory, SCOTUS is irrelevant. Right? Is that what you're saying? So not if Trump gets elected under unitary theory, but not that he's getting elected under unitary theory, but if Trump gets elected, comma, under unitary theory, then SCOTUS will be irrelevant. Is that what you're trying to say? Because I was trying to figure out how Trump gets elected under unitary theory. But I think I think the the missing comma is what confused me. Um, anywho, it seems like the shows tonight has been longer than normal. I don't know. Like I'm surprised that we're only two hours in. It seems like maybe it's gone longer, even though I've ranted. It it part of it seems like it's maybe I don't know. Maybe it seems like it's flown by. Like, I don't know. Do you know what uh, 100 Lawyers at the Bottom of the Sea is called? A good start. <laughs> I had to type it in because of the delay. I didn't want anybody else sniping the answer. <laughs> um, we got a guy, and Trump said he didn't make an oath to support the Constitution. Well, Trump probably didn't think he did. Um, Trump probably made... Trump probably thought he made an oath to support like a, the hamburgers or something. Um, Steve, I hope you have a big house. If Trump has realized that, I'll be on my way. Yeah, I don't know. There might be a lot of people just fleeing, uh, fleeing America at that point. 
I don't know. I, I really, I really don't know what we will do if if there's a second Trump term. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm concerned now. Listening to Hal this afternoon, I didn't get, I didn't get to listen to Hal this evening because I had to go run a quick errand. Um, but I really don't know what I would do if if if, if there was a second term of um, if there was a second Trump term. I really don't know. Like, because because part of the thing is that do you well, everybody who can leave might very well leave. But in reality, that leaves those who can't leave at even more peril. So do you flee and leave the others to suffer? I mean, I'm not saying you stay and take up arms. I mean, that's clearly I'm not thinking. I, I Clearly, you know, we've had that discussion with conservatives the other day, which was I, I believe that the idea of uh, – the American, uh, that the American, the idea of that conservatives that we could stand up to the, to, to the American military and, and, and fight and win the country in a revolution is crazy. I don't think that that would ever happen. Honestly, I think what I think would happen is that if enough people were to be like, this is not good, this is not right. If enough people protested, if enough people voice their concerns over a tyrannical minority taking over and taking over power. Um, I think what would happen is what happened in Egypt, which is the military basically saying to the people in power, look, you usurped your power. You are not the real legitimate leaders. Get out. So, and I hope that if, I hope to never see this be the I hope to never see this be the day where this has to happen. But I would also hope that if if this ever had to happen that the folks who serve in the military would do the right thing instead of backing the tyrannical folks who would commit the acts of of insurrection and treason and commit a coup and take over the country in a way that's not legal and would then say look this was not a legally conducted election. You, you, we are not going to allow you to take power. The we are going to step in and and block what's going on for the good and the right of the country. A A I E A K A. What happened in Egypt a few years back? So, Lena Anagar, I'll pick you up on the way to Steve. You see, you'll have to get me, my wife, and my kids, and then. If if you take me to Steve and Steve says he's Scottish, we might never leave because my wife loves Scottish and Irish accents. So we may never leave because my wife's just going to sit there and be like, oh, the accents, oh, the accents. Because while I can do a, a reasonable accent, it's not good. It's not as good as the real thing. Um, I really wish I could remember what it is that my writing teacher said that one day. There was one day. I don't remember what he said. But I was at my writing classes, and my friend Bill was over here, and Steve, the, the teacher of the writing class, the author who does the writing class, was over here. And Steve says something. And Bill was like, what did you say? And, and I'm like, he said, 
and then I said whatever he said, but I said it in an Irish accent, in, 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 a, in a Belfast Irish accent, not in a Dublin Irish accent. And, and Stephen was like, that was pretty good. And, and I was like, well, there you go. I have from an Irishman telling me that my Irish accent was good. Um, and like when I would like tell, like I had somebody from England in my car when I was doing Uber and Lyft or when I forget if it was an Uber ride or Lyft ride or whatever at this point. But uh, we were talking about like how sometimes like when you, when you get into conversations with people and I'm the type of person that sometimes that I'll, I will slip into the accent sometimes when I'm talking to people and not realize it um, because it just happened. It just happens to some people. And I think it happens to me. I don't know if it's something about, I don't know if it's a neurodiversity type of thing. I mean, I don't know. Some people have told me that I'm neurodivergent. I think Demonox has said that I'm neuro, neurodivergent in some ways. Uh, there are other people who have put things about like, this is, this is what my ADHD does. And I'm like, I do that. I do that. So much to the point where I'm like, I have ADHD that's undiagnosed, or I've self-diagnosed my ADHD because there you go. Because uh, I do all of these things that all of these people are saying, di- that all of these diagnosed ADHD people say that they do. Uh, but I was telling the people about, you know, how this happens and accents or whatever, and how my wife loves Irish accents, and I try and do it for her. And they're like, well, I'll do an Irish accent. And I was like, well, it depends what type of Irish accent you want. Do you want an Irish accent from someone from Dublin? Or do you want an Irish accent from someone from Belfast? And they're like, not bad. So, <laughs> feet on the dashboard. Nothing like the real thing. Ain't nothing like the real thing, baby. Sorry. Um, Bicycle Mike, moshed at Primus last year. Is that why you have a problem with your tooth? So, I went to Primus. I actually, I ended up getting tickets to um, the Primus tour where they, where half the concert, they covered uh, the Farewell to Kings album for Rush. And they did a really great job with the Rush stuff. I mean, great job with, with the Rush songs. I kind of wish it was a different album because... Probably, except for like maybe the two songs, like the Farewell to Kings and, and, and Closer to the Heart, like some of the other songs are yeah, I'm iffy on. Um, <laughs> we had a guy, it's okay with me, I only have four dogs and five horses. Wow. Um, anyway, the, um, but like, I wish we would have showed up late to this concert because the first part of the concert was this weird two-person band. And I remember, I don't even remember what they were called. But if you've ever watched Friends, and if you've ever watched Ross's sound on his keyboard where he finds his keyboard and, and he starts showing everybody his sound, um, and everyone's like, you know, wow, okay, very interesting. And he's like, oh, I need to go get my my whatever, so I could show you other things about my sound or whatever. And so if, if you ever saw that, you know what I'm talking, if you know what I'm talking about with that, this band that end- opened for Primus made Ross's sound look like Mozart. 
That's how bad this opening act was. I wanted to take a Q-tip and jam it into my ear until just I could, it didn't work anymore. This is how bad the opening band was. I don't know, Bicycle Mike, if, if, if you saw that same opening, opening act or not, but oh my God, they were horrible. And here's the other problem with that tour. Like, there is only a couple of Primus songs that I know and like. There's like, there's, well, there's the South Park song, the intro to South Park. I didn't expect them to play the intro to South Park. No, I didn't expect that. Um, there's, there was the one song that I was hoping to hear them play. And that's why known as Big Brown Beaver. They didn't play when known as Big Brown Beaver. Um, they didn't play Jerry was a race car driver. Um, there's another, what's the other song that I knew, um, popular Primus songs. Um, I don't think, but was there another one? I don't think there's another one. The only song that they played that I knew was My Name is Mud. And and I'm fine with My Name is Mud, but I could have done without it. Basically, I could have shown up to the concert probably like two hours late and, 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 and just waited for the intermission to come and then watched the second part of the concert where it was just the rush part. And been happy because I just the, I didn't know any of the rest of the songs that Primus that Primus did that were that and and maybe the people who did know Primus loved the rest of the concert, but it just wasn't for me. I see. I don't know Southbound Pachyderm, so I don't know that song. I'm just I'm not that much into Primus. I just am that much into Rush that I wanted to see them do this concert. So, but what had happened was I, I bought the tickets for the concert like early 2000. And the concert was supposed to be, I think, either in March or in May of, I think maybe May in 2000. No, 2020, I'm sorry, 2020. And obviously they had to cancel the concert or they postponed the concert. They postponed the concert like three times. I was like, I'm never going to get to see this concert. And so I finally got to see this concert because they finally put it on. And I'm like, thank goodness. I'm finally getting to see this concert. And my poor wife came with me and she was, and she, I don't think she even knew why known as Big Brown Beaver. (laughs) And, (laughs) And so... She was much, even much more miserable than me for the first half of the concert, but she came along with me. She was a good sport, and we got to spend time together, and we kind of made fun of the, we had fun making fun of the opening band and making fun of the fact how Ross's sound sounded so much better than that this crappy opener, so, but I was just, I could not believe, like, you thought of, yeah, I don't know how, like, 
mine wasn't really a small venue. I was a Sanger Theater, which 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 is basically a place where they do like you know, like productions like Broadway productions in New Orleans. So it was that was that that large of a theater where they have an upper balcony or whatever. I've seen other concerts there as well. Um, but to me, going to go see Primus and not hearing Winona's Big Brown Beaver is akin to going to go see um, Counting Crows and not hearing Mr. Jones. And that happened to us too. We got tickets to go see uh, Counting Crows once. And like they came here to New Orleans and we went to go see Counting Crows and they didn't play Mr. Jones. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Now, granted, with Counting Crows, there's many other songs that we know and like by them. So we still enjoyed the concert, you know, Long December, um, Omaha, um, a bunch of other songs. Um, but how can you go see how can you go see Counting Crows and not and not play Mr. Jones? Now, the other two times we've seen Counting Crows, they have played Mr. Jones, including the last time we went, which was good. It was, it was a good concert for the most part. Um, <laughs> nice. Bicycle Mike, the, the Primus concert's on 420. That's great. Um Recent, like except for the last time they've come in here, um, 311 has come to New Orleans, and like I think every single the, the last like th- four, three of the last four times 311 has come to New Orleans, they've come to New Orleans on March 11th, and that's been pretty that's been pretty amusing. I'm like, why did they pick? Why did why did New Orleans get lucky enough to get 311 on 311? I don't I don't understand that, but we got lucky that. Fit of that's where Counting Crows are weird that way. Yeah, I mean. Sometimes artists are like that or like, you know, they, they like, whatchamacallit, what's that? Um, Radiohead. Like, I would probably never buy a Radiohead ticket because, like, there's only really one song that I like from Radiohead and that's Creep. And I don't, leave, I don't like, I'm not a big fan of Paranoid Android. I know, I know the song, but I'm not a big fan of it. And... um the only, that's like creep is like the one song that the lead singer of of Radiohead hates. Like he doesn't like that song. I guess maybe because it's too darn popular. I don't know. But it's like sometimes I understand that artists want to showcase their new stuff and want to showcase their art and want and want to and want to want to do what they want to do cuz they're the artists and they want to show off what they want to show off and it's fine but the 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 people that are coming to your concerts are also want to hear what they want to hear as well and if you're not going to play what the people who are coming to buy the tickets want to hear then they're not going to buy the tickets anymore and people are going to be less and less likely to buy your tickets so you're going to be less likely to showcase your art so you got to you got to you got to play that balancing act of, you know, playing enough stuff from the old that people love to satisfy the people so that they tolerate the new stuff. Now, in the case of like Rush, my favorite band, which unfortunately can't tour anymore, at least in its initial state because Neil Peart's dead. So, 
you can't unless you find somebody else to drum. Like I would love to see Rush do like a tour and have like you know, um, uh, like find somebody else to like be their drummer. Um, uh, who would be a good idea? Like maybe Dave Grohl. Like, I know Dave Grohl's mom and Getty Lee's mom get along well, and I think Dave Grohl and Getty Lee get along really well as well. So if you had, like, Dave Grohl touring with um, Alex Lifeson and Getty Lee um, and they could, like, do the Rush songs, I think that would be a great concert. Um, I don't know. But, like, when you, when you, you know, Rush typically – would throw in some new songs in with their old stuff um, when they were on tour. And, and, but to me, it like a lot of times rush had so many stuff that I liked that you're never going to hear everything that you like from rush. So you just have to kind of pick and choose, um, be happy with what you get. Um, and be happy. If, if you heard something, if you heard something on a tour from rush once, just be happy with it. Um, but also with Rush, like there was some stuff from their newer albums that I also liked. So Rush had a thing where they were creating new music and they were creating good new music. So it wasn't a thing like you were upset that you heard their new music because their new music was good. Sometimes bands come out with new music and it just sucks. So... Getty is talking about Danny Carey for drums. Really? I think I've, uh, Alex and Getty say they want to tour again. Oh, don't tease me like that, Marie. Oh my goodness. That would be awesome. Maybe I'm playing too much attention to politics or I haven't been, uh, let's see. Alex. Life son, Getty Lee want to tour. Um, November 10th, 2023. I don't know. Let's, I thought of some forums. Rolling Stone. Getty Lee wants to tour with Alex Lifeson. Uh, I keep working on him, and our interview Lee shares most extensive thoughts yet on Russia's possible future following the loss of Neil Parrott as much as how Paul McCartney helped out. Rush frontman bassist Getty Lee, author of the uh, new autobiography My F in Life, talks about many things about how his new Rolling Stone Music Now interview from childhood, son of two Holocaust survivors, to his earliest musical influence, including, uh, I got a big old freaking thing on my thing. Uh, the ups and downs of this band synth period, but the Rush fans most anxious to hear Lee's extended thoughts on the possible future, Alex Lifeson and Wes and Neil Peart's death. Here's a segment of the interview with Lee. Uh, we'd have, um, you've said that the Taylor Hogg and tribute performance were way in a way, almost way like you're sitting Shiva for Neil. Uh, blah, 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 blah. When I got to LA, I didn't feel the same. There was nothing about in that building that felt disturbing to me. I couldn't put my finger in it. I couldn't figure it out. Uh, let's see. So Paul McCartney came up to you, congratulated you, and said you should get back on the road. Dave Grohl was so sweet. He comes up to us at rehearsal and goes, Paul McCartney is next up to rehearse. He's outside. He said to me, Dave, I've never met anyone from Rush before. And I said, I've never met him. Bring him in, please. 
he came in just a very lovely man, very positive person. Um, after the show, he was incredible. He was so warm, embracing. Um, let's see. You said something I thought was interesting, which is it's conceivable to you that you could go out and call yourselves Rush. I don't know if it's 100% true. I don't know how comfortable we would be doing that, calling ourselves Rush. Speculation is honestly, it's unlikely to happen, but that's a conversation for another time. But we might not be super comfortable. We might always call ourselves someone's stupid name like Rash. Uh, Lee and Lifeson play the songs of Rush. That sounds really like an old fart 80s band. Nonetheless, it sounds like some sold out arenas to me. I guess I would say it would be opportunity to get a keyboard player. Um, I think if we were to do it again, blah, 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 blah. Well, I mean, it sounds like he's interested in doing it. Um, so, so, oh, that's awesome, though. That's 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 really cool. I. I hope it happens, and if it happens, I hope they come somewhere near New Orleans because for some reason, like, fans don't like coming to New Orleans. I mean, Rush has. Um, Rush has come to New Orleans. They did come to New Orleans on their last tour. Um, I don't know if this iteration of whatever they would call themselves would come to New Orleans on that tour um if they if they did if alex and getty decided to tour with somebody and make a tour um i don't know if they would come to new orleans or not but we have this weird horrible tax situation that kind of makes so it, it would really depend like big acts will come here and play the dome or play the arena little small acts will come here and like play house of blues but like the mid-size acts like goo goo dolls uh, train. I don't know if you consider train midsize or whatever, but bands that are, have the popularity size of like train, Goo Goo Dolls, OAR, <clears throat> those types of bands seem to tend to avoid New Orleans. And I think a lot of it is because of the tax structure here and how, how you have the fees you have to play for performing live events as a musical act. And it makes it so that they're very it's very difficult to see these bands and we have to end up traveling somewhere else. Like the last time we saw um we saw Goo Goo Dolls and OIR, we had to go all the way Atlanta to Atlanta to go see them in July. Um whatchamacallit? Um what else? And then we've gone up to like Mississippi, up like five hours north of Mississippi to go see Goo Goo Dolls one time. We've had to go to Houston five hours west to go see Goo Goo Dolls one time. My wife loves Goo Goo Dolls. I like Goo Goo Dolls as well. Um, so I have no problem with seeing the Goo Goo Dolls. I enjoy their music. They're a very good band. Um, you know, I don't know if I would have seen them as much as I've seen them if I wouldn't be married to my wife. But I'm very happy to have seen them as much as I have because I'm with my wife and I enjoy seeing them and I enjoy seeing them, especially with her because I enjoy seeing her as happy as she is when she gets to go to a Goo Goo Dolls concert. And, you know, it's weird. We've seen lots of iterations of bands. Like we've seen, um, we've seen OAR by themselves. We've seen, I think we've seen train by themselves. We've seen 
Goo Goo Dolls by themselves. We've seen Goo Goo Doll and OAR. We've seen Goo Goo Dolls and Train. We've seen OAR and Train. So I think we've seen all those. We've seen all the possible combinations. We just haven't seen the one mega concert of Goo Goo Dolls, OAR, and Train. Um, that's the one thing that's missing to, to to form the ultra concert of all three of them together. Um, we've also seen Goo Goo Dolls and Counting Crows. So, Elizabeth, it seems like New Orleans would be a huge draw. It would. I mean, New Orleans being such a big musical city, you would think that it. Tons of people would love to come here, but for some reason, they don't. Well, I mean, the big ones do, like Taylor Swift come, either came here or is coming here. Uh, Beyonce came here for her big tour. Um, apparently, we we on the um, that big thing where in the middle of the concert, everyone shuts up and we all got silent and Beyonce's face was like, like, damn, y'all did it really well. Um and so we do have the big acts that come. And again, we do have, you know, acts that would play at like a house of blues, like a very small venue. They'll come here. And again, we, but Primus came here. Some other bands come to the Sanger. And I don't know which bands determine whether or not they're going to come like the Sanger or not. Like, I don't know what makes it worthwhile to come to, to the Sanger or to the, to the Mahalia Jackson theater or some of the other kind of mid-sized venues. And why some bands do come and why some bands don't. Um, but for some reason, like some of like when it comes to like like Goo Goo Dolls and Train and OAR. I mean, OAR did come once and we did see OAR when they were by themselves. But at that point, I think it was a much smaller venue. It was like a standing only type venue. We got there very early. We stayed. We got right up front. Um, we. Uh, Train. I don't know if Train was a free concert or if it was whatever. It was a very interesting concert because I think they sold the tickets, but they sold they sold tickets and we got like some last row. But there were other tickets that they sold that were behind us and they didn't have the seats for them. Very weirdly done. There was there was a big rigmarole with that. Um, I think we were also supposed to see Natasha Bedingford with them, and because there was bad weather, they had to cancel her. Um, and they had to, so they had to expedite the concert because a big storm was rolling in and they got us all out and they finished the concert and whatever. Um, Dr. Benning Field, maybe. Anyway. Hey, Kimchi, what's going on? Good night, Jolie. Sorry, you can't. I'm sorry I bored you. <laughs> I'm sure you're just tired. I'm just being self deprecating. Um,. Dawn, you were at the Bruce Springsteen concert when Courtney Cox was on a band. That's amazing. That's crazy. Um, that's pretty cool. My mom was a big fan of Bruce Springsteen. The only time I ever saw Bruce Springsteen perform was at New Orleans Jazz Fest. And uh, he didn't perform any of his own songs. And, and I understood that this was going to be a different Bruce Springsteen concert that he was performing with like the Seeger Sessions band. So it was completely a complete folk song thing. So there was no Born to Run, Born in the USA, no Wolm on Fire, no is it Human Touch, nothing. Nothing that you would normally expect to hear at a Bruce Springsteen concert. But at least they got to see Bruce Springsteen in concert once. Um Good night, Leanna. Thank you for joining. Appreciate you. Um, 
Wow, 49 views with the average view length of almost an hour. Y'all are kicking some ass tonight. I appreciate y'all for hanging in there so long. Um, again, we are uh, – Jolie, remember when you go to sleep to put on another video and, and just have it go and drift you off to sleep. Because <laughs> we're almost there. We're almost at 3,000. We're almost there. Y'all are doing a great job. I appreciate y'all again. I guess let's do a show reset, I guess, again. LiberalDayInRadio.com uh, brings you to the YouTube channel to support the show. Again, remember, if you haven't liked it already, like the video. If you haven't, I'm sure most of you are subscribed already. If you haven't, please subscribe to the channel. Uh, get some friends to subscribe as well. We've hit the minimum subscriber level for the base uh, YouTube partner level. We're at the beginning of the show. We were 122 watch hours shy of hitting the 3,000 mark, which gets us to the base YouTube partner level. So all you got to do is just watch some more videos, interact with some more videos to get other people watching the videos, uh, go to sleep watching a video, just keep the volume on low. Don't put it on mute, but keep it on low. You know, let let me lull you to sleep with the dulcet sounds of liberal Dan radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Maybe I should make like an ASMR video, like just do a very soft video where I'm just talking about just just more kinder, gentler politics, where I do just three hours of just talking like this, where I talk about nice things like puppies and rabbits and kittens and other nice things, just lulling you to sleep <laughs> to help you just lull yourself off to sleep and not like, don't, don't watch the videos where I'm Batman ranting like I did. Like this show is not a good show to watch to, to, to have on in the background if you're trying to go, like, if you were ever to watch this show, this episode, um, like, to help me gain the hours or whatever, put it on in the other room, because this episode would be a bad episode to watch as, as in the same room, because I ranted earlier on in the episode. If you if you want to see my rant, go back in time or re-watch the video from the beginning, because I was ranty. Or I, I think one of the rants, one of the rants I think I'll repost, but there's other parts of the video that I didn't separately record. So you'll have to watch, if you want to watch the rant, you'll have to go back and rewind and watch it. But um, let's see, no buttheads tonight, unless you consider me one. But, you know, yeah, there's we've had no Gibson Media yet. You know, don't jinx it. So, Elizabeth, you have a nice first bet. Go back, to, if, if you go back to one of my older videos from when I was evacuated for Hurricane Ida, you'll probably hear... Um, you'll probably hear me speaking in more softer tones in my NPR voice because, as again, as when I was evacuated, as I talked about last, I don't know it was Friday or maybe it was it was either Friday or Wednesday. Um, I was I was talking about how I like I didn't know how how well or how well my voice carried in my mom's house or how poorly insulated my mom's house was or how well my voice would travel through like the air duct system and I didn't want my voice. Uh, I was trying as best as I could to not be a a nudge, to not be uh, an inconvenience. So I wanted to make sure that my voice was very low. So when I was doing the show, I'd be like, welcome to Liberal Band Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. And again, when my wife, my wife was in the background and I would turn around five minutes later and she was just like... <sighs> passed out dead because my voice was just putting them right to putting her right to sleep because it's just I was just using my very soft and dulcet tone voice and there was no rants going on there was no 
I was, even though they were probably had a lot of things to be angry about because I was pissed off at the people in New Orleans for not doing a mandatory evacuation, but I was wanting to keep my voice low and mellow to make sure to not be an inconvenience to the people whose house I was staying at, i.e. my parents or my mom and my stepdad. So, <laughs> so, hey, Jojo Mojo, thank you. Um, thank you for joining. I mean, you, you, this is the tail end of the show. I'll be on for another 22 minutes or so, but uh, you could always go rewind uh, the show uh, before the show ends and you'll be able to watch from the beginning. And I, I think this was a good show. I got very ranty. Some people like it when I do my rants. So if you like my rants, then um, um, some people like my, my, my more, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, animated ranty self, uh, where I just start being animated about the issues. Because, um, you know, sometimes I can just, dis- sometimes I'll, I'll discuss the issues in, in a calm, rational way, but sometimes the Republicans just piss me the fuck off and I need to go, go all, uh, go all mad and, and go, go Hulk smash and just be, and, and be angry and do my fat man rant. And as I've said before, the reason I call it my fat man rant and the reason I have a, have a, have a uh, playlist called fat man rant is because I got sick and tired of people coming on my videos and being like, <laughs> you're flat. Um, and just that being the end of it. So if I figured if I have a playlist called Fat Man Rants um, on the videos that are Fat Man Rants, they can't come on the videos and be like, <laughs> you're flat. Because if, how can they do that? I've already acknowledged that I'm a fat man. So if I'm acknowledging that I'm a fat man, then just like Tyrion Lannister said in, uh, in Game of Thrones, and I think one of the, in, in, if not the first episode in the first season, um, never, you know, embrace what you are or whatever, um, you know, wear it like a suit of armor and then can never use it to hurt you. So by, by, by calling it Fat Man Rants, they can't then use it against me because I'm already calling myself fat. So there you go. Um, and then in other videos, if they are, if, if I, if it's not a fat man, right. And they come out and be like, <laughs> you're flat. I'd be like, well, I have a whole video series called fat man rants. Go check it out. I've already acknowledged this. So, so, you know, it is what it is. Thank you, Donald. Of course, this doesn't mean that I tolerate or accept any fat shaming of anybody else on the channel because I don't agree with fat shaming, but I'm fine with self-deprecating humor. Um, you know, making fun of oneself is, is completely different than you than mocking everybody else for that. And I have a whole that whole video about that as well. Um, big hook, going off on your tangents are not helping. What do you mean? Like just talking about random. I mean, often in the third hour of the show, the, often the third hour of the show is is just a bunch of randomly uh it's just a bunch of random segments honestly um so like the the first two hours often are a bunch of like pre-planned topics and then like the third hour of the show ends up being 
more of a kind of a free flowing just chat with the people in the chat. So um, is that what you're talking about, Big Hook? Um, Kimchi, I have used that argument um, many, many times. Um, the I may be fat, but you're blank and I can diet. Like I've said that a lot of times before. Um, either, you know, it's either I may be fat, but you're an a-hole and I can diet or like, I may be fat, but you're an idiot. I can diet. You can't gain brain cells. Like I've definitely used that argument before. Bicycle Mike, you're Dan. No, Dan, you're big. I'm not fat. I'm big fan. God damn it. Tell me a thing about cheesy peas. <laughs> so, excuse you guys, I'm going him. Bicycle Mike, Biden is our greatest president in my lifetime. And I, I made that argument in my video about um, student loans, in my fat man rant about student loans, where I, at least I said that Joe Biden has done more for former students than any president has done ever. I'm not even going to say in my lifetime. I'm going to say ever with his with the save plan and with the forgiveness that he's actually gotten through, even ignoring the activist conservative Supreme Court and ignoring what they did and how they denied the Biden administration's ability to take actions under federal law, the same actions, mind you, the same law that. DeVos used during the pandemic to freeze student loan interest and to freeze student loan payments, which I'm not going to argue with. Uh, Stop clocks being right twice a day. uh, That was the right thing to do to freeze student loan interest and to freeze student loan payments. So DeVos got it right for once, shockingly. But the authority that she used to do that is the same authority that the Biden administration was using to cancel either ten or $20,000 worth of student loan debt. But this activist conservative Supreme Court decided that for some reason the authority to do to act just magically disappeared because Biden was president. So so, you know It is what it is. Thank you, Donald. Um see who jojo mojo jojo not been in good mental health my wife's got me messed up to all i can do is cry and throw up i'm very sorry to hear that jojo um i'm not sure if you you, you want to talk about it in the chat or not I'm, I'm very sorry to hear that your wife's got you messed up is this like one of those like Sometimes I've gone down the rabbit hole on on th- those videos that people take like Reddit videos and they talk about like how their marriages have gone problematic. Um, and and so the people talk about how like, you know, they found their wives, you know, or their, their husbands doing something bad and they give. And so they talk about, you know, what the problems are and then people on Reddit give advice and then they update the people and then the people turn it into, into videos and they post it onto YouTube or TikTok or whatever. And they be like, and then they say like, my, my spouse did so-and-so to me update part two. And like, 
my spouse did, you know, cheated on me, and then this is how I got back at my spouse and whatever. And, like, it's just you go down this rabbit hole of just watching, and it's like a car wreck. And I think half the stories are probably a bunch of BS, but, you know, some of them at least are well-written enough. Um See, big hugs. You do, Dan, but a more formulaic topical show keeps people longer. Nothing personal. It's a preference. And see, that's and and, and that's fine. It's it's absolutely fine to have uh, have personal preferences. Um, like in having a conversation with somebody on Twitch who I'm friends with on my Nerdy Dan channel. Um, he had suggested that when people come in on my Nerdy Dan channel that I need to engage with the people more often. And, in it, and by engaging with the people more often, that I'm more likely to retain viewers and get more viewers over there and become more successful over there. Um, sometimes it's hard to do when you're gaming. And so it's like if you're in the middle of an important game, like if, you know, as an example, like if you're playing Fortnite and like you have a crown and you don't want to lose your crown, if you don't know what that means, just that's important. Um, you might understand that, but, you know, but if you're not, then, you know, take a break from what you're doing, pay attention to the audience, engage with the audience, and then maybe play later. So, um, but with this, like, you know, I'm thinking maybe that that's perhaps makes me a little different than maybe some of the other hosts is that I do try and interact sometimes now. And granted, when I get into my ranty rants, like I did earlier, like on when I focus on the topic, I will focus on the topic. And I'll, I'll I've left like poor, um, I left some people on hold for like 40 minutes sometimes just because I'm just zeroed in like Khalil. Like I had Khalil on hold for like 20 minutes the other day just because I was just zeroed in on the topic I was talking at hand. I wasn't looking at the chat. I wasn't looking at here. I was just zeroed in looking at the camera, maybe looking at here, looking at a note or two or something. And I was just like, just completely just ignoring everything. And then it's funny because sometimes I'll then look over at the chat when I'm done and be like, oh, half the people in the chat said the same things that I said because, you know, a lot of you are brilliant too and, you know, are smart and well-informed and, we agree on a lot of things. So therefore it's great that we agree on a lot of things. So that's why y'all listen because we agree on a lot of these issues. So, so I I find it, I I think it's great that when, when, when I'll say something here and then look over and be like, Oh, y'all said the same thing. Cool. I'm glad we agree. Um, I think Joe's done more than any other president or politician for American citizens. I don't know how maggots can't see that or actually the progress being made. Well, they can't see it because they have their blinders on too. And they're just like, we love Donald <laughs> and not like goofy liking Donald duck, but they love Donald duck and just, you know, they love Donald Trump and uh, Donald duck would be a better president probably, but you know, sorry, wait, Donald, Donald duck would be a better it president. Is what it is. Thank you, Donald. I should, I should have Donald duck going. I do a horrible Donald duck impression. I'm sorry. Um, so, Steve, my favorite house show was when he started talking about movies and never got off the topic and never went into politics. I know a lot of people didn't like it, but, hey, I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd, too. So there you go. Nerds. Nerds of the world unite. 
uh, JoJo. Yeah, actually, Jeff, I'm a little mad at you, Jeff, because you never up- I never got an update from you about how you were doing. I wish you would have emailed me and said you were okay. Next, if something ever happens to you next time and, and you're, you're not feeling okay, I want you to email me at liberaldayandradio at Gmail and just tell me I'm okay because I was like, has anyone heard from Jeff? Because somebody finally told me that they saw you in another chat so you were alive. So I was a little concerned about you, by the way. So I'm glad to see that you're okay, by the way. So thank you for showing up and, you know, being okay. I'm glad to see you're okay, but I'm a little mad at you for, for, for not popping your head in and, and being, at least letting us know that you're fine after that fall the other day. Um, let's see. Let's see, Jojo. Thanks, Dan. It's been hard. I don't know how to talk about it, nor do I have anyone to talk to truthfully. If it wasn't for Dan or Hal and just the topics in general talked about, it's probably the only reason. Um, I'm here though. And so try not to leave my, uh, younger wife and here and here midlife crisis. Number two, look, I've had situations like my last relationship was ended. Like I had to leave. It was bad. Um, there was lack of trust. Look, I look, if you ever feel like you need someone to chat about stuff, I, I I'm always People tell me that I have a good ear to talk to or maybe just good eyes to type to or whatever. Um, I'm not a therapist, never claim to be one. But if you feel like you need to vent or need someone to, to push a couple ideas off of liberaldanradio.gmail.com, I'm more than happy to, to take a listen and see what you have to say and see what's going on. And, you know, a lot of people have told me that, you know, that, that, some of that the advice that I give or just, you know, just even just the, just talking to me has helped regardless of whether or not I gave advice or not. Um, but if you feel like you need to, if you're dealing with a rough spot and you feel like you need to, just shoot me an email again, liberal day and radio gmail.com. I'd be more than happy to, to, to respond and, and chat back and forth. Or if you want to add me on Facebook, there's Daniel J. Zimmerman on Facebook as well. We can chat out over there as well. Um, all of y'all, you know, just just say who you are in a message or something, and I'll be more than happy to uh, um, more than happy to chat it out. Or I could, or if you email me, I'll give you the link to my Facebook page, and we can do, go from that point. Anyway, um, do, 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 do. you had a micro hemorrhage? Maybe you can't spell it because you had a micro hemorrhage. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if that was in poor taste or not, but I found it amusing. Um, I hope, I, I think I know, I think I have a feeling that you probably would laugh at that comment too. So, but, you know, as Donald would say. It is what it is. Um, anyway, but I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad, I'm glad you saw a doctor. Um and uh, I'm glad. I hope you, I hope you continue to get help if you need to continue to get help. So, um, big hook. Life is too short to stay in a bad relationship. If kids are involved, it gets complicated. I'll just say this: not knowing, not knowing the specifics of what's going on in that relationship. So take this whatever grains of salt you want. Let me talk about my situation. About me as a child. My parents fought and were fighting a lot. And one time. Like I went to them. I, one of the things I remember as a very small kid, and I think they separated when I was six, maybe even younger. 
So younger than six, I remember asking my parents if they were going to get a divorce. And my dad said, no, um, I, I think my mom didn't answer. But the uh, I'm sure my dad didn't want to get a divorce, but they eventually did get a divorce. And let me tell you, people will tell you to, that you shouldn't get divorced because you have kids. And I will tell you that's, to me, that was incorrect. The best thing my parents could have done for me in that, pertaining to that, I mean, there are other things that my parents could have done that they failed to do that they should have done, and that's another story. <laughs> but uh, the best thing in that situation that they could have done was divorce. Because by divorcing, I'm not saying they didn't fight as divorced parents, but they fought much less. So because they were fighting much less, they had more time to spend loving me, and they spent less time fighting each other. Um, so I ha there, were, there was less times that I had to see them fighting with each other. Granted, I still had to see a little bit of it because when they had to deal with issues pertaining to money, when they had to deal, whenever they had to deal with issues pertaining to each other, when it came to raising me, it was still there, but it wasn't as much as it was or as it would have been had they tried to stay together, had they tried to work it out because it was not reconcilable. There was irreconcilable differences. And if they would have stayed together for the kid, it just wouldn't have worked. And there would have been more, more arguing, more yelling, more screaming, more whatever. It just wouldn't have worked at all. So I'm glad they got a divorce. I'm glad they split. Now, some people are not that way. Some people have problems and they can work them out. And if you can, ha if you can work out your problems and if, if the problems are not irreconcilable, absolutely try and work them out because – you know, I'm not going to say that my my marriage between me and Cassie has been 100% perfect all of the time. You know, we've had our arguments and fights or whatever, or not fights, but we've had our times where we've had our disagreements about things and, and, and ups and downs, as every relationship does, but we've worked them out. And some of them are issues with me, some of them are issues with her. And but we've managed to work them out and we're better for it because they were not irreconcilable differences. And as such, we are still together and we're we're probably we're definitely stronger than we've ever been in the entirety of our relationship. And I think we get stronger every day and I think we're better people for it. So, you know, we but we've again, we've never had a situation in our relationship that was that was such a problem that I would say got to the levels of the issues that my parents faced, not even close. So, um, anywho, um, but yeah, I, I, I always strongly have disagreed even for a long time, even before I got married, when everybody says stay together for the kids. No, <clears throat> sometimes the best thing you can do is to not stay together. Um, let's see. There's a lot to it. Her past and to me and hers past. I'm 42. She's 35. We don't have the kids. We gave them to the parents who wouldn't have the kids if we didn't. So not the factor. Um, okay. Um, let's see. Big hug. My breakthrough with all the anger I had towards my mom resolved when I came to the conclusion that she was mentally unexpected. An apology was never and was expecting an apology. And uh, you weren't expecting an apology that was never going to happen? <laughs> uh, I no, 
know that feeling. Um, Jeff Curry, God damn it, I can't come up with the gutter. Maybe that's because of the hemorrhage. Sorry. It is what it is. I'm picking on you, Jeff, because you didn't let let us know how you were good, and you let you you made me worry for a few days. That's why I'm picking on you, Jeff. I hope you know it's because I love you. Hope you know it's because I, I love and appreciate the fact that you're here, and that we have probably a very similar brains, and I and I don't want you ruining yours with a hemorrhage. So, um. Let's see, my parents, Aaron, my parents said they stayed together for the kids, but they're still together to this day. I think they just love to be miserable. I mean, misery does love company. That's what that's what the old cliched slogan is, right? Misery loves company. Of course, you saw that old misery, and they, when she said it's for the best, and then took it, cobbled the, the leg or the ankle. Ugh. Not a great one. Um But I'm very glad that you have a follow-up appointment. Uh, Jeff, so good. Keep taking care of yourself. And um, again, just to remind y'all, just since this is two minutes left in the show, I am going to be going to Disney on Wednesday. Um, I'll probably what I'll do is I'll post on YouTube on on a blog post or whatever that YouTube allows on what I'm going to be doing with the show. I'm going to try and do some sort of live. I don't know how interactive it will be. I don't know what topics it will be, but it'll probably be some live on the road thing or whatever, um, just to make sure that we have some content going on. Um, tomorrow is Nerdy Dan, um, but it, it's not going to be, a, probably won't be a very well-structured show. Um, it'll really, probably really depend on how much noise is, is happening in the car because I don't want external noise. That's the problem is external noise coming into to the video and causing copyright strike. That's the main problem. That's the main issue that I have. But anyway, um, that's my main concern is I don't want copyright strikes from other things in the car making noise. If I can't, if I can't figure that from happening, then I might skip it. I'll let you all know about that on Wednesday, on here, and on Twitter, Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter um, as well. Anyway, if that doesn't happen, I'll be back Monday. But just remember to... You know, interact with videos, like, comment, watch videos when you're going to sleep. We're almost there, 100, 122 hours to go. We've done a really great job again. We're almost to the point where I'm a YouTube partner. I'm very excited about that. I'm very appreciative to you guys because you guys are doing a great job. I'm so appreciative. I'm so happy when it happens, and it's only because you guys are doing such a good job helping me out. I can't do it without y'all, and y'all are y'all are amazing. I can't appreciate y'all enough. I can't thank y'all enough for that. Um, so until next time, this is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right.